Welcome to Whole Back Rack Podcast. My name is Jessica Hare. I operate Hare Hollow Farm, and we breed boas, balls, and select colubrids. Hi, I'm Jenna King. I operate ASM Royal Tails, and I breed high-end ball pythons. We want to share our journey navigating herpetoculture and are dedicated to promoting biohazard safety for all species. And we would love you to answer the question, what's in your whole back rack? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. It's episode 62 with special guests. With special guests. (laughs) Moose of Great Balls of Fire, who is not an actual moose, it turns out. Yeah. I was under the. Well, jury's still out. Yeah, I, I hide. I hide the amber as well. <laughs> somewhere around here. Well, and then Shane from Small Town Exotics is here. Woo! Sponsor of the whole Back Rack podcast somehow showed up again. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jana, real quick, since we can't see the percentages anymore, did he like announce your order in the chat group? The last that, that we have seen, I am still in the lead, but oh it's real close. It's it's real close. So everyone should vote, right? Everyone vote. needs to keep voting. Otherwise, Reggie could totally kick my ass. So keep voting every single day. Snakesinthefatman.com, Team Jana. So it needs, I mean, there's two more days, guys. We can do it. Two more there's days. So more days. go vote two more times. And then steal your friend's phone or your family's phone. Everybody at Christmas or, at, you know, holiday dinners around for the next few days, you know, steal their phones and vote for me. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I've been hanging out with family a lot this week and they all just, I walk through the door and they're just like, here, here you go. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, and hopefully everybody's safe from the cold weather. We were talking about a little bit pre-chat um moose what temperature is your house currently um last night my my house itself is 58 uh the outside mm-hmm. temp where i am is negative one right now it's crazy the and south that's, fair, is... that's fahrenheit not celsius guys so. no of course that's not canadian Ooh. we're not canadian with that with that temp shane what you're pretty close to him but your outside temp is uh my phone says it's 10 Last night when I was working, it was like a wind chill factor of 20 to 40 below. Oh, my gosh. You're not outside, are you? Yes, I am. Oh, my gosh. What do you do? Does it let you drink whiskey at work? Oh, you're you're sober, so you don't drink whiskey. Yeah, How do you keep warm? I was bundled up like the kid on a Christmas story. <laughs> Can you do that one more time? I mean, I just need to see it again. <laughs> And I'm from California, so I ain't used to this crap, you know. No, was, yeah, my a- uh, stepdad um, was a a longshoreman, and they like build the scaffolding outside the submarines that they're working on and stuff. And he was night shift, and he would go to work, and it would be freezing. And he's like, "You just got to work harder if you're cold." Yeah, keep moving. Just keep yeah. moving. Don't yeah. stop moving because then the sweat turns to ice. Oh my gosh. No, thank you. I'm not built for cold. I like hibernate in the winter. So I would be a bear or something. I hate to be cold. I'm hibernating for the rest of the weekend. Believe me. (laughs) All right. A couple of shout outs before we get into it. Texas kid reptiles. Are you new? I think so. You seem fun. 
Uh, Will's hella heat. He gets around. Vote for Andrew. What? Whoa, <laughs> Will! What, what are you doing to me, Will? Powerhouse. Peter's Hi, here. Powerhouse. Hi, Peter. Richard's Hi, Richard. here. Quirky. Oh, Carache six here, but my house did manage to stay seventy-seven. Thank God. I yeah, it's been heat. crazy. I have my heat like 72 degrees, but it's still only like maybe 66 in my house. <laughs> That's what happens when you live on the water and you have those big ass windows. Oh, yeah. I need to get some uh, keep the heat out or keep the heat in curtain. Film. Oh, yeah. curtains. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah you. it's been dumb here so like my building is not well insulated because it's a building in the south right um so even though it was set to 82 the building was 67 so you're like okay so i'm just like we're doing the cory woods method for ball pythons like fuck <laughs> you guys <laughs> whoops it's gonna cool you a little bit it's no big deal right um, these like we had electricity the whole time so they're heat panels and all the ARS racks still work so they could go warm up to 85 on the back but it definitely wasn't 89 and they're like you know low 70s in the front of their tubs but they're fine you know ball pythons don't give a shit actually just not all the time yeah my ball python shed is warmer than my whole house (laughs) mm -hmm. it's got six inches of insulation it's got two inches of spray foam and then four inches of um, bat tell me more about those of them inches <laughs> Sorry. Uh full six inches here. It's it's doing its job. Stack, not just like a thin six inches, like a thick six yeah. inches, you know? That's what really can, counts. All cool. right. Let's move on with our lives. Is that all of our like intro stuff? Oh yeah, it's not safe for work. If you couldn't tell by the the weird penis reference, everybody. So if you're here for normal content for children, Oh, that was about a penis? Oh, okay. I had no idea. <laughs> This isn't about for children. Please leave. So I should have just used it. It's not how you use your insulation. It's not how big your insulation is. It's mm-hmm. how you use it. Yes. It's the, that yes. cell quality. We mm-hmm. softballed it to you. Thank you for for <laughs> knocking it out of the park. Um, we need to talk about our sponsor again because even though he's here, we we still got to shout him out. Okay, buddy, buddy, you want to do it again? <laughs> sponsor response again yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do it uh hi i'm shane with small town exotics and i love sponsoring the whole back rack you can find me on instagram morph market facebook tiktok youtube small town exotics no ian exotics go ahead uh follow me subscribe buy some snakes do all those things what's his uh his grinder yeah. Oh, Rumble. Rumble. <laughs> Rumble. That one. It's yeah. Rumble. Find him on uh, Rumble Grinder. Not Grinder. I'll, 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 <laughs> announce on, I'll announce something on here. I'm no longer pushing Rumble. Every, oh. time, every time I upload a video that's going to be scheduled on YouTube, it's already live on Rumble. So I do go to Rumble to get the, the pre pre yeah. like the pre uh, screening of the episodes. I, mm-hmm. I upload on both, and then Rumble. I just I don't schedule it. I just upload and, and go live with it. And YouTube, I just stay on my schedule. So, how much have you made so far on Rumble? One penny. One still one penny. We're still there. Come on, guys. I, I haven't checked in a week or two, but I mean, you're monetized right away. There, with, it doesn't matter. So that's amazing. Even if it's one penny, like it's cool. That's I, I feel you. 
I watch on there. I just like to make fun of its name. If, if you break down the views I get there versus YouTube and the pay rate, it's probably about the same. I mean, mm -hmm. probably. I've, only, I've only got like maybe uh, under 100 views all together over there, and I've made a penny. So that's probably good compared to YouTube. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm totally uh, taking that clip of you sponsoring yourself. <laughs> all right. uh, it's going all over all the social medias. And then I'm going to like dub in at the end. And I voted for Jana and Snakes and the Fat Man. <laughs> Peter says, thank you for sponsoring the best podcast out there, Ball Shit and Hold Back Rack. You're welcome, Peter. You're welcome. Aww. Peter's a good guy. Yeah, Hopefully he he's not too cold. Peter, are you okay? And Mother Russia. Yeah, he's probably, he's probably used to it. All right, let's get into it. Shane, I guess my first question is like, how many animals of each kind did you take to the show? Because that'll like make sense relative to how many you sold. Like if you only took three and you sold one, you know. Right. So I had 11 ball pythons, three hognose, and I think I took like 14 or 15 leopard geckos, something like that. Okay, so and it was no, two... no, no, no. It was it was thirteen leopard geckos because I had one pair in a divider in the twelfth slot, so it was thirteen leopard geckos. And you did one table or two with the accessories. I had, I had, I had two tables because I had like dry goods on on my, on my second table, and okay. I went with the theory of uh, taking up more real estate, so I'm not just a blip on the map. You know, like I'm on. Next you time want them I'm to on, slowly walk by your presentation. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you know, you have off the top of your head, like what you sold each day? Um, oh, animal wise? Or yeah. Animal, per, like number of animals of each type per day. Do you remember mm -hmm. that? If you just have the total number, it's okay. Right. That's fine too. I'm I always like, Saturdays are always better than Sundays. So that like. Yeah, all, all together for the whole show, I do know that number. I sold okay. two ball pythons, one hognose, and five leopard geckos. Wow. Good job. Woo! But also, just so everybody knows, your hognoses were more high-end hognoses. They weren't just normals. If they were normals, you would have sold out. There was morphs involved. I mean, there, I wouldn't, yeah, yeah. And they were sort of high-end, I guess, for that show. For I mean, pets. Yeah, they were yeah. higher-end pets. Yes, yes. Because their market's just as crazy as the ball python market. I mean, you could go drop 10 grand on a hognose right now. And, and yes, not you can. So you brought like $300 hognose instead of $150 hognose. Is that what? Right. Because that's there? the last three I have from this year. So I was like, oh, I might as well bring them. And I did sell one. So that was good. Yeah. Okay. What kinds of ball pythons did you sell? I sold my two cheapest ones that I had. So I okay. sold a male blade clown and a pastel cinnamon butter het hypo female. Okay. Do you think, and did you have anything cheaper than, than them that didn't sell or, or it was literally price was the number one determiner of well, it selling? Well, I did have two of those male clowns, uh, so one of them sold, and then my cheapest female, which I had her at like two hundred bucks. So it was the two cheapest, basically, on my table of ball pythons. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like if you had more show fodder or byproduct, 
um, do you feel like you would have sold more? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel more, more people were looking at my leopard geckos, honestly. And what kind of leopard geckos sold well at this show for you? Uh, the bold stripe and bold stripe crosses that I have with like tangerine and trimper albino. I tell you, if I had a whole display of like the normal bold stripes, I probably would have sold them all because uh, the two bold stripes I sold, sold the first thing Saturday morning and everybody that looked at the display were like, oh, I like those two. Oh, dang it. They're sold. Do you have any more? And I was like, no, I don't. Man, I wish I did. But yeah. this was my, my first year taking uh, leopard geckos seriously. So I, I do have more, but they're in the whole back. Yeah, <laughs> bolds no and like fire bolds to me look the most like in your face. Like right. the, it's it's such a big contrast play. Like white and yellows have that same effect too, but it's right. like a, a paler spectrum. But like as a normie who doesn't necessarily like not really into leopard geckos, like that's the thing I'm the most attracted to because it's just so contrasty and like intense. Even as an adult. Just a second, guys. Um, I have a child throwing up in their room, so I'm going to dip out just for a second and secure secure that zone, and and I'll be right back. Sounds like a party. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, Um, yeah, we got it. Thank you. Sorry. Something I didn't really realize uh, until, like, on Sunday, but I unintentionally put the two bold stripes smack dab center and they were surrounded by shrimp or albino. So I think that made them stand out more too. Right. Cause they just popped in the <laughs> middle of all the albinos. And I was like, when, cause when I walked around and looked, I was like, yeah, they do pop, you know, dang mm-hmm. it. We should have made like 200 of them. You know? <laughs> <clears throat> do, you, do you know like the approximate range of prices for bold or bold stripe or fire bold things that you sold? Uh, so I sold, some bold stripes. It was like in that two hundred dollar range per animal. Okay, so and then like cheaper leopard geckos though did not sell or sold a little bit. I sold one. I sold a retired breeder, and I had four on my table as pet only sixty dollars, and nobody wanted them. They wanted the the nicer the leopard nicer geckos. ones. It's so <laughs> interesting because you had like the lower price point on ball pythons, but the Right, mid tier, whatever leopard gecko price point get hit up. It, it was it was a weird conundrum, and then like uh, the hognose too. People, a lot of people stopped and looked at them. It definitely had the most fingerprints on the display, the hognose. But like, yeah. people wanted cheaper ones. Right. So, what was your total in sales? All together with everything, because I had. Cocoa blocks and red line science stuff. I sold $1,437. How much of that was accessories? Like what? Because you brought a red line shipping supply thing. If people want to know what that looks like, it's in Shane's video he put on YouTube. Or 120 plus 147. So 267 was uh, non-animals. Hmm. Do you think that's worth doing? Are you like still happy to fill it out that way? Like as an add-on to a sale or? Yeah. You know, the red line and the, and the coconut kind of like sold each other because somebody would stop by and, and 
to get grab a block of cocoa and then they would like throw in a red line product or the other way around they would just stop by for red line and be like oh give me a block of cocoa while I'm mm -hmm. here so <clears throat> what would you do differently if anything hypothetically for sales or just anything yeah i mean do you have any like takeaways like i'm only breeding bold stripes next year or my main takeaway is uh how i prepped so i would label and price out all my animals in the display here at my house because that ate up an hour on Saturday morning, putting labels on all the displays. So I would mm -hmm. do it all here. And then I would have been set up in like 10 minutes on Friday. And then Saturday morning, I could have walked around the venue and looked at other vendors. Cause I never once got to walk around the whole show. Did you, do you remember the show composition or maybe Moose would chime in here? Like, was it like 70% ball pythons, 10% caressing geckos? what a 10% other or was it more even I do I do know we were ball python heavy right most but yeah. uh, I, I seen like Josh's frogs was there there was somebody that had like the pop-up wall style banner like I did that had a, a spider on it so I'm assuming that was tarantulas uh, mm -hmm. the guy across the way reptile collective he had a million colubrids so I mean there was other things there it wasn't just ball pythons but i would say it was definitely our i know our block that me and moose were on was definitely ball python yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it was all ball pythons for the most part yeah well, i would say 60 40 when it's all said and done uh that's usually about what the good the good breakdown is for a tennessee show um it kind of gets a little bit different when you get up towards knoxville um they do have some more breeders up that way that do uh, uh, Sumatrans, Bloods, and stuff like that. More boa, boa uh, breeders up that way. Uh, Chattanooga, Knoxville, and stuff like that. But when it comes to a Nashville show, uh, it's predominant. Uh, it's going to be predominantly ball pythons and, and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. um, did it? Did anybody have like a, a good show that you saw that was like, wow, their whole table's empty and they sold out or whatever, or was it everybody sold, you know, 20% of their brought inventory. I, I know reptile collective had a lot of sales. They had a lot of people walking away with deli cups, like colubrid stuff. So I'm assuming it was, uh, you know, the price point was lower on that stuff. I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The saturation really, when it comes to, to a big breeder, like, like reptile collective or, or, uh, Another big breeder that usually comes to those shows is uh, New Creature Reptiles and stuff. They have a good variety. Uh, so their price points are a little bit better just by, because, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're aiming larger and, you know, and, and can take the misses compared to you have somebody like, like me or like with uh, Alyssa with a uh, full throttle reptiles. It's, you know, it's, it's, you know, you're bringing, you're bringing more breeder centric type animals you know it's stuff that you know that a breeder is going to look to get into or somebody is going to be adding what would be considered an investment piece unfortunately you know it's 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 something where uh neither one of us or anybody in our little what we consider our tennessee crew is is selling more companion style animals at the moment we're still just kind of working through our project pieces mm -hmm. and making available what you know what we what we don't need in our own projects at the moment so 
Uh, but you do have some breeders that, that breed specifically for shows, you know, and to, and to have that variety. Mm -hmm. um, Qual so they, or quantity, not quality. Yeah. Well, they, uh, not, not necessarily. Not, there's some good quality in there too. I think Ripto Collective does a really good job because it's a group of them. It's more than just one person. So I think they do uh, do well with their quality, but at the same time, it is in, in more of a massive footprint than it would be for somebody uh, like myself and some of the other local breeders. Plus, plus just like colubrids in general are usually a lower price point. Than right, right. Yeah. Pythons. That's yeah. true. Yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah, we decided to get into kings and it was like, I was like, all right, I'm going to invest in some kings, you know, and I'm going to breed some kings because I really like them and. And then I go over to buy, you know, some good investment pieces and they're like, yeah, I'll do them both for six. And I'm like, 6,000, that's going to be, that's going to, that's going to be a hit. And he's like, no, 600. And I'm like, I'll take them. Cause you know, it's just, it just, <laughs> here's the money you know, quick. Yeah, more changes no, is mine. It's, it's, yeah, it's no comparison when it comes right. to the, the different genes that are available when it comes to, to a ball Python and, and having this, all the designer genetics and stuff. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's good and bad in different ways. It just means like, you can go into a species and have like a world-class collection for the cost of one ball python. Right. Exactly. <laughs> or, but it's bad because then like there's the ROI is that the margins are, are never as intense, but that's cause that's like the difference between like a speculative species and like a mature species that, right. you know, we have a trillion of them. It's fine. We're just trying to like get them out the door. Right. At like a reasonable price. And for the people in the back, she is saying ROI is risk on investment. Yeah. Return. 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 That's what I meant. Yeah. yeah thanks. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. We're doing great. <clears throat> so Moose, how, how many times have you vended in your like, I don't know, the Nashville, not Knoxville yeah. metro area? So um, I, I started off uh, splitting tables with some of my local friends. Uh, I think the first couple of times I was just basically borrowing a, uh, a display and setting it up with, you know, another breeder or like, like Alyssa and Craig or with Seth and Brittany with bankrupt reptiles and stuff like that. But as far as me being on my own, honestly, uh, that was my, that December show was my year anniversary of doing shows um, mm -hmm. under my own, under my own moniker and uh so yeah it's only been after after this last show it's only been technically a year that we've been at it are you are you are you a covid baby or are you pre-covid baby like when it comes to like starting the business mm -hmm. so it was like it basically we made the decision to start and in 2019 and oh, you're pre, but just you're by pre. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. good job. We went to do when we went to do most of our our uh, buying up after we did our research and everything like that. It it came during the COVID time, so mm -hmm. like the one the one last show we had before everything turned into John Travolta and the plastic bubble kind of situation. Uh, it it was a Repticon, and and it was like that eerie feeling of is this going to be our last show for a while or do I sell this snake? And, you know, these people are like, Oh, this is a $600 snake. And you're like, will you take five for it? And they're literally like saying no, but which normally they would now they're like, yeah, I could do that. Right. But like, it was just this eerily feeling of like, it's going to be a long time before we do this again. So a lot of people weren't buying for that reason. And, but there was a lot of breeders that weren't willing to come off their animals either as well, if that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we, even though 
the market was already getting crazy with the morph market and everything taking off the way it was, we were already in the game and, and working our plans and trying to find things to fit into our projects that we decided we were going to do. So yeah, can I, I, say, say, I say 2020 oh, established, but we started in 2019. I would say you are not a COVID baby because that, <laughs> that counts. I just want to say shout out to Bankrupt Reptiles. Your branding is on point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every time I see it, I, I laugh and like in a good way, like a great way. I just think it's so well done. It's very clever. And just describe it to someone who doesn't know what it is. Oh, so if you don't know, it's like a piggy bank. It's and cute. <laughs> it's so cute and it's so good and it's so true and it i feel like they were being like cutesy and a play on but you know like a lot of people are like grab your balls or you know like do that kind of thing and i think feel like most of the time they miss the mark but this bankrupt reptiles i mean just oh yeah it's perfect it's, it's perfect, perfect. And I love, and I love I, every time animals. i see it i'm like why didn't someone else think of that suitor like exactly. it's so good it, and exactly. it's just it's perfect i, I love their branding yeah, and they're getting into boas now, so I'm excited to see their next uh, crop of diversity that they're doing. Uh, there's every time I see them, they they're showing me another animal they got to that they're going to cultivate and 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 breed into some projects. So I'm excited to see what they're what they're going to be doing over the next couple of years as well on the boa side of things as well too. So, mm-hmm. so Shane, would you keep doing this? like a show me show in your area based on how successful you were this time? Or do you think it's, what are your thoughts like going forward based on this? Yeah, I'll I'll definitely uh, in the Nashville one again. I don't know if I'll be back there this year or not. I'm doing Tinley with Moose. We're sharing a table. And uh, so then everybody check them out. Everybody check them out. Yeah, we're definitely gonna have to have you back after Tinley and hear your how what it was like to do a, a national show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This uh, the Nashville show was kind of like my I, I hate to say warm up, but kind of like get all my ducks in a row so when I go to the national level show, I know like I said, like how to set up and be ready to rock and roll like that. You know? Yeah, get some experience under your belt so you're not like sweating it when you get there. You're like, I've done this before. I got it. Plus, Nashville show was like five minutes from Moose's house. So, like, if I forgot something or needed something, like, I was taken care of. Like, we could just run to Moose's or run to the store. Whereas, like, I go up to Tinley, I don't have, I don't know, I, I don't have as many resources. <laughs> no. Yeah. And it's probably a little more cutthroat there. <laughs> Richard asked if it was the March show, which yeah. it is, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, we've been blessed with, uh, thanks to, to Brian Potter and some other people, we, we've been blessed with already having a permanent spot mm-hmm. uh, with, with Tinley. So yeah, March, March and October, we will always be there. And we were also told when we did the St. Louis show that our spot that we have now is our spot until we decide to, to move to a bigger, uh, to two tables or whatever. So we're actually right as you walk in the door uh, behind the uh, Timberline displays. So, I'm pretty stoked uh, to be that close to the door and in a good spot. We're right over by the Harbins too. So we've still kind of got our family, so to speak, nearby um, set up next to Dixie Reptiles, which is another local uh, for us here. So we're, we're, we're excited that we were actually considered a mainstay as part of the Tinley show now. So that's amazing. Uh, Creme de la Clutch says there's 
reserving room and table for Daytona already because Daytona is yep. going to be popping. Are, are you guys interested in Daytona too, or are you picking Tenley as your and? Where I'm planning my flag is Tenley being my shows, uh, just mainly because of how successful and how blessed we were to get into that so quick. You know, you hear people being on the waiting list for, you know, for years uh, to be able to get in. So uh, for me to be able to get in and have a table and have it at a great spot. um, Yeah. We're, we're planning our flag on Tenley. Uh, We're, we're not sure about St. Louis yet. We, we absolutely love St. Louis on the networking and the, uh, just getting to know people in our community and in our hobby. That's, that's probably the best show that I've been to. Um, you know, we're still dealing with what, what everybody's calling a recession. So it wasn't necessarily a good show per se. Uh, mm-hmm. but it was definitely great to, you know, hang out afterwards. The, you know, the, the, the USARC auction was later and we're in the same hotel where the actual, uh, convention center is so they actually had a happy hour between 5 30 and 7 30 in this big mezzanine area uh so like literally you know you could just sit down there and 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 you know get to know each other you know you know talk to people that you would normally talk to over the over the internet and stuff like that so overall i think that was a great show and we'll tr- probably try to do it again basically just off of that off of that uh relationship building that we've done but Tinley is definitely uh, are going to be our mainstay. That's where we're going to. That's going to be our Alamo. That's where we're going to. We're going to go to live and, and die. So, all right, Moose, buddy. Listen, I th- I don't think you want to talk numbers because I haven't heard one yet. But how much worse was St. Louis than Tinley? Can you give me like a percentage? Yeah, you know, we got you got to remember we we our main bit of when we when we talk about business structure um, when mm-hmm. when it comes to our business per se. Uh, we would be there anyway. We've always looked at it that way. We don't look at it as like, I'm going to take all these animals and we're going to sell them or we're going to make all this money and we're going to, we're going to eat a sizzler when we're on our way home. We're, we're not that type of, we don't have that type of business structure. We would be there anyway. I just look at it like I'm paying X amount of numbers for a nice place to sit and maybe I sell a snake or two. You know, that's, that's, the, that's a really the good attitude. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's the way we, we kind of look at it. Um, I personally, uh, did not sell a snake, um, at, oh. at St. Louis. However, Brother. Um, we've, uh, we've, oh, uh, man. diversified into, uh, other collectibles, should I say, um, here recently as well. And we took a box of those with us and we were literally sold out before we even set up our table with those. So it wasn't a straight like strikeout for us. I think we did well. We covered, uh, what our Expenses. costs would have been. So and those are Funko Pops, is that yeah. Well, right? we we okay. we we've recently dove back into the world of uh, Funko collectibles, so and doing really well with that. That's okay. Actually, All right, yeah. for those of us that don't know what that is, could we uh, get a a little spiel? Yeah. So basically, it's the little vinyl pops that people have been collecting over the years. That you know, whatever you could think. There of, you go. They, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen those. Go. I just didn't I recognize for, yeah. the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, we uh we we decided to diversify into that and, and it, it's been, it's been well for us. It's, it's a good, it's a good, a break of monotony when you go from snake poop to, you know, soft protectors for Funko pops and stuff like that. So does the Steve Irwin one sell the best? That's what I want so, to know. Funny, funny. You say that. Um, that's the ones I sold out of. Uh, yeah. I, I took everything that basically was, uh, was reptile related 
and uh and yeah they were they were gone before i even set up the table um uh we i donated one uh to the usark auction at the nashville show uh just on a whim because normally when i go to tinley i'll do like a really nice bottle of whiskey you know or something like that something tennessee related Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you know, I just was like, well, I've got this extra, uh, Steve Irwin Funko pops and on the table, I'll just donate that to you, Sark. Uh, ended up getting six, uh, $600 for it, for the donation. Oh, for that, that's wow. good. That cool. Joe, so, so that, that was good. You know, that it's, it's, uh, that that's out there, but yeah, I, it's, it's, yeah, the, that, that stuff sells and, and it's funny because it still draws people to the table and it actually draws communication. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good to have those, those with me, regardless if I'm. I'm selling or not. So would you consider doing like a non reptile show? Like, oh, yeah, a, absolutely. like a trade, yeah, we're already, like a comic con or whatever. The, yeah. Yeah. We, they call them pop swaps, which is kind of weird. And I'm not swapping anything. You're just buying what I've got. So, <laughs> but yeah, I'm set up to do one in Chattanooga on the 14th of January. So, which is at our, which is at the normal stomping grounds for Repticon up there at the camp Jordan uh, location up there in Chattanooga. So, we're we're set up to do that on the 14th and then we turn right around and i think we've got a show in our first show locally from murfreesboro tennessee which is about 30 minutes man you know how many girls with cat ears there's going to be right like oh yeah yeah. all time high oh yeah absolutely yeah so i need to get me some podcasting cat ears yeah there you go there you go uh, there's there's a girl that does on on whatnot streaming for funko she always wears her disney ears so that's 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 Listen. the first thing I thought of when you said that. So all yes. humans are very special, all yeah. of us. <laughs> and I actually like the little weird ones, especially because <laughs> I'm not that weird, but I should be probably. Yeah. <laughs> should be. So Tenley, so was Tenley? I'm just trying to like eyeball it. Like, is Ten, was, so Tenley October? Was that one a good one for you? Because some people were like, it was terrible for me. I sold literally nothing. Or some people were like, it was great. Did you feel like you were? happy with what happened so if of course anytime i sell something i'm happy that i sold the most snakes that i'd sold yet uh when i've gone now with the first tenley i went to and i set up with uh um with the list and craig I, I sold absolutely nothing but of course i took literally everything that was just born in my redhead project and the cheapest thing was three thousand dollars so uh, i didn't really go with the plans of hey buy this snake it was more like hey look at me you know it's me right showing up with my nice instead of having the bike with the brakes you know i had the bike with the freestyle diamond back you know i was showing up with my with my you were showing gear. up to show what you were about yeah exactly right. so um you know I, but when i when we went back in uh in october uh, I took more of my moderate stuff that I'd had that hatched out and stuff. And we, we did really well, but like you, you, you know, you talk about ROI, it probably, I probably broke even just like I've been doing it all my local shows. I would say mm-hmm. this last show we did in Nashville was, was the most return and investment that we've had uh, since we started. I sold five snakes made probably after paying for the tables and everything like that made around $1,500. So, okay. it, so that's it was, pretty good for like awesome. a yeah, yeah. show. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. And, and if I could get that every time, I'd be happy. I was going to say, there's a lot of people in the Southern shows that aren't able to pay for their tables based on what they're making at the shows. Yeah. There's been many times, and Mickey, My- Mickey Meyer has been great when it comes to show me shows. Uh, lots of times he'll tell people, you know, just we'll, we'll, we'll settle up on Sunday, you know, and, and it's it's not something where. That's amazing. Oh, you, yeah. So he, he does do do good with that. And, 
and uh, gives people opportunity to at least make their table money uh, before they before they make a decision on whether they're going to come to that show or not. So I think that's what makes Mickey and the Show Me shows, especially when for our local stuff, stand out. Uh, people talked about oversaturation a little bit, especially for our state, but I think it's it, it's going to work itself out when once we have this market refresh, you know, absolutely work itself out in the end. I'm really excited about him getting out into the uh, eastern part of uh, like of Nashville, like Murfreesboro and stuff like that. I, I really think that's a good market uh, for us in general. So I'm excited about those as well. Shane, what do you think? How many shows should there be in Tennessee? I don't know about how many shows, but uh, Mickey unintentionally cock blocked a cell of mine because of- <laughs> <laughs> so he has a show me show like 20 minutes east of Nashville. That's the one I just went to. And then the very next month, there's one like 30 minutes south of Nashville. That's also a show me show. So the people that came up with like the guy was going to buy the snake. I ran him through all the husbandry, told him, hey, go over here in this corner. Buy I forgot all about that. That's a great yeah. story. Yeah, buy X, Y, and Z. And then his mom comes up. This is like a grown kid, though. And uh, his mom comes up and says, no, you need to do more research, and you can buy a snake in Murfreesboro next month. And I was like, motherfuck. So, Mickey, I love you, but you cock-blocked me on that one. I think that, like, we in our area, they rotate between, like, Seattle and Portland. And so it's like every three months they do one in the opposite area. And so we have a lot of people that will drive regionally to both shows, but it's three months apart. So, you know, like I either got to do it today or I have to pay shipping. And then there's like another show, but they like work themselves in like right around the other show. And I don't feel like they draw as big of a crowd. And so I feel like, if you space it out, you create your own demand. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. But while we're talking about your shows, how do you pronounce that one show? It's like Puyallup or something. How do you say it? Puyallup. It's that's Puyallup. the name of the tribe that it's in that area. Um, so a lot of the names in our area are um, Native American because we have a really rich Native American history here. Um, and then there was also some chat going on about driving on the beach in Daytona. And just so y'all know, if you come up where I'm at, you can still drive on all the beaches and you can still have bonfires on all the beaches. No questions asked. They have like roads right down. So come on up and visit up here. Any of the beaches. Don't get downwind of the elephant seals. (laughs) Don't get downwind of the elephant seals. That's for dang sure. (laughs) They smell significant. No, yeah. Uh, I think that Pacific Northwest could absolutely be like a destination show because it's cool there. Otherwise, like it's cool to be there. There's stuff. Yeah, to there's do. lots of stuff to do that maybe people that didn't grow up near the water haven't ever done. Like you can ride a special ferry. Like I said, we have a really deep Native American history. I thought you were going to say ride an orca, and I was like, <laughs> no. no, you can ride a ferry to the island that you can see from my from my property it's called uh blake island and they have a full like native american dinner where they do um like a salmon bake native american style so you can go and watch it be cooked on like a wood fire like open fire it's so cool and um you can kayak you can whale watch i mean there's just amazing things to do in this area i mean if you're my age and you're a twilight fan 
There's like mm. a whole a whole town set up in Twilight Wonder. I mean, I still just, never went to Forks. It was such hot. I've garbage. never been and drive for fun, and then I just yeah, because it's like three hours away. So, how close is Pigeon Forge to you guys? Uh, it's about fifty minutes from my house. It's so that's a up. destination. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's like Vegas in the mountains or something. Yeah, I've never eaten so many pancakes in my life. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh-oh, it's time to go again. More pancakes. Oh, uh. We've gone quite a few times. I mean, I mean it's, it's cool there and everything, but I mean, I'm kind of jaded on that stuff because I grew up in Southern California. So right, I, tourist traps are not that appealing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I prefer to go the opposite way of tourist traps, you know? Yeah, I just like thinking of like a reason why someone would want to like drive up there, like go hang out with Shane, go hang out with a moose, go get some pancakes, go to the show. Right? Yeah, we got Dollywood and all that stuff here. There's a million things in Pigeon Forge. Mm-hmm. Right. Just, just hey, every time I go, it costs like 500 bucks or more to just <laughs> stop in that city and just hang out for the day. I mean, that's a minimum 500 bucks. <laughs> Uh, I've only been there once, and it was it was legit. But I did eat a, an absurd number of pancakes. I, I've never all kinds buckwheat, you know, Johnny cakes. I, I have a better thing. You, you could come over to this area. We could go tubing for twenty bucks, and then with the rest of that five hundred dollars, you would have spent in pigeon yep. fortune to buy a snake or a leopard. Mm. <laughs> I'm on my way, Shane. Pick me out a good one. Woo! No, I right. mean, that's definitely on my uh, wish list to hit up Tennessee because there's some really cool folk out there. Some hill folk, too. You better watch out. Be careful. They that need new breeding road. I'd love to go out and also hit like a old-fashioned bluesy still? jazz. Oh. Oh, yeah. And then those, one of those illegal stills. Yes. I would love to do the winding road tour and hang out with the locals with some sweet tea. Something I've had to adjust to is uh, there's like many different dialects within Tennessee. So like there's the y'alls, there's the yuns, there's the yuns. So Do you like, have any yinzes? No, no, just Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. yeah the, the, it's I, like, like, I like yuns now, but there's guys that pronounce it yuns and then there's the y'alls and then, you know. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. We they call have, it good we did a big uh english project on the winding road and learned all about like the little pockets of subculture and how the music originated you know in those mining communities but it developed uniquely in like little bubbles and so listening to their music like we got to sample some music from the different bubbles and it's just it's phenomenal inbreeding is fun <laughs> I'm from West Virginia, so I can say whatever I want. Yeah, oh well, you know, trailer trash. <laughs> so I get to say that too. You gotta be All careful right. with our mountains though, because I don't think they ever learned how to play banjos. So you don't know if they're coming or not. Oh snap. <laughs> there's no banjos. No, they play like hammer dulcimer. And so it's like even more. If there's awkward. no banjos, I'm out. That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> that homemade banjo or the homemade fiddle. That's the real shit there. That tubing thing I talked about, we're tubing along. It's like 20 bucks and you can go like they bust you up to the top of like unlimited times a day. But you go through this part. I don't even remember the name of the city. But you go through this part. There's like all these cabins that are rentals and they're playing fucking banjo music. So like, wow. like being 
like on a movie set or at Knott's Berry Farm on a river or something. You're like, ding, 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 ding. Da, ding, da. Yeah, man. This is like, I'm there, man. I'm like, respect, you know? <laughs> tubing up here has gotten ridiculous. And I'm like, we can just shove off one one spot down the river for free. <laughs> right. There's but a there's, lot of rivers that are good enough. They're just not good enough. Warm. That's right. Yeah. And they're yeah. wanting a lot of money, but I guess if they bust you back and forth, I don't think ours do, but that's, that's really cool. I'm, I'm down for that. Put me down for one Shane right. sometime right. this summer. All right. Let's go back. Was there a after dark for your show? Not with, not with this one. Uh, this is the first one that they've had. Uh, they decided to do the USAC Sark auction instead. And and me honestly, it's it's kind of like it's hit or miss with the reptiles after dark for me. I I personally uh, like to just have the long show with with maybe the uh, auction at the end. Uh, nine times out of ten, especially with a close show like that, I'm I'm looking forward to you know breaking bread with my friends and and hanging out and you know, eating ice cream and getting drunk, that kind of thing mm-hmm. afterwards. So, you know, it's, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to having to go back, you know, for two hours. Um, I haven't made a lot of sales to say, Hey, it's worth it. Um, we, I end up more than anything. That's when our networking and I'm checking other people's tables out and stuff like that. Cause you are free to roam around a little yeah. bit because the people that are there are, are you know, you they're, they're all there together. So it's not like. Listen, we like outnumbered uh, guests. So we oh, can yeah, beat them up. Absolutely. You know, no, we could have fought it them. Works, <laughs> it works for a few. Um, I just, I think I personally would like it to be a show that runs till about, you know, four o'clock or five o'clock that day. And then just, maybe an option stops. and then yeah. be done with it and then come back on Sunday, you know, and, and do it that way. Um, our shows have a VIP hour the first hour of the Saturday. Yeah. I think it would be cool if they did like a, another VIP hour at the end of Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then also like the vendors could shop because I never get a chance to even like walk the shows. Cause it's so crazy and busy and I'm always letting kids hold snakes and stuff. And so I always, I get to the end of the show and I'm like, fuck, I didn't go. <laughs> I didn't get the things on my shopping list. And so sometimes it's like people are packing up and I'm like, I really need some cocoa blocks. And they're like, yeah, yeah, just take what you need. But it would be pretty cool if there was like a dedicated vendor. Like type. vendor hour? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what Friday is supposed to be, but most people aren't even set up right around Vendors, here yeah. on Friday yeah. or around there. Yeah. I don't most of our anymore. local shows is Saturday morning. Uh, people are coming in because they, they worked that night before. And, you know, they just don't want to, you know, even with being a couple hours away, it's best just to sleep in your own bed and, and come in early that next morning and set up. Yeah, yeah it makes it cheaper to do that. That's yeah, what I always do. It unless it depends. Actually, the Portland show sometimes it's like you just got to go down the night before, but then it cuts into your profit margin pretty hard. Right. Yeah, that's another reason uh, I'm going to change the way I prep. So then I have that hour in the morning to walk around at least walk around say hi to people because like this time you know moose i could have had moose and jennifer watch my table but i wanted to be like attentive to my table but like my wife wasn't there so like if i walked away it's like my kids you know whatever they're they're young so i I, they don't know the art of the deal yet and bartering that someone tries to talk to them and they're like <laughs> yeah. I mean, they'll say hi and you know, kind of help you and stuff. But they, like, if somebody lowballs them or 
whatever. Like, I don't know what's going to happen there. So I, I never got to walk around the show either. I, I, I got like halfway down one row and uh, then I seen somebody, you know, my, my mat I have out in front of my table. I seen somebody walking up on my mat. So I'd be lying back and never left again. I did. I did. Uh, I do have an in- interesting observation though. So Jana is one that told me Chris Eaton and Sean Bradley all said work that work the outside of the table. And, and I found at this particular show, I had more traffic at my displays if I stayed behind it. I mean, you really have to play your shows. So if you felt like that's what worked, then do that. That's You have to be flexible because the different regions are different. So for your show, maybe they felt like it was unprofessional or felt like no one was there if you were on the other side. Even if you're wearing your freaking T-shirt with your branding on it, like sometimes people just don't know that. And so they want someone standing behind that they're interacting with um, at our shows. I, I just feel like a lot of people really liked having us on the outside, but you have to adjust to your shows. Just like, that's what I say whenever we talk about shows is like, this is my Pacific Northwest, you know, experience and you have to just go and do it. Like you said, you got to get some experience under your belt because every region is different. And like, right. you're going to go to Tinley and you're going to come back and you're going to have totally different things to say about Tinley. Than you did about your local show. So, I mean, it's just such an interesting. Can I say something weird? Interject. Like, I'm a buyer who has thousands of dollars to buy an individual ball python with. I do not want to even be anywhere near someone's table where they're in front of their table with a bunch of kids. Like, I won't buy anything from you because you're not catering to me. So, like, I think being behind the table is a good choice to have, like, a, like, you know, I'm here attending your needs, answering your questions professionally, mm-hmm. separated, so you can browse without, you know, me lingering or whatever. With like, a, here's a cinnamon. Like, I don't want the fucking cinnamon. Hey, don't ha- don't ha- <laughs> hate That's on Teddy. Like, it's a different aesthetic. But I almost think like you might be dissuading high end buyers from a table if you're like, it's pet time with kids. I gotta go. I don't want to. <laughs> peace out man i mean you're not wrong but um so that's maybe why shane felt like it was he was more successful like stepping back and letting his people browse passively correct yeah and the last few years i haven't had high-end stuff i i had uh, at least a dozen kids want to hold my animals and i respectfully told them all no so i might have lost a cell a lower end cell there but uh I didn't really care because they had like sucker juice all over their hands. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sorry, man. You know, adults that asked, uh, like pet owner type adults, I just kind of politely explained to them, you know, about disease transmission, mites, you know, all that stuff. And then those people were like completely understanding. Oh, I totally get it. I didn't even realize that. Well, yeah. So, if anything, with an adult, when you say those kinds of things, you earn their respect and they're like, wow, this person knows what they're doing and they actually care about their animals. Right. Um, but kids don't understand that because they're just like, ah. no, I was like, no, you can't hold one, but you can have some candy right here on the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, we, a good, like, polite deflection. We right. always take we always take a couple uh, that I know that are going to that are hardy eaters and they they're they're w- well along. The problem is, you know, nine times out of ten, if if that's happening, that's the first ones to get sold, unfortunately. So I always have one or two that, you know, if they sell, they sell. If they don't, they don't. But if somebody's looking for that experience, so to speak, 
that I feel that they're well long enough to where now they're not like super expensive animals. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I do have a couple, like I have an orange dream boy right now that just, no matter what, he's just going to sit there. He's not, he's not very active and stuff like that. So I always take him with us. And uh, if he sells, he sells, if he don't, he don't kind of thing. Uh, but I, I've learned with my time is I like the outside interaction like Shane talks about, but there, you know, there's a, there's a line of questioning and there's a, there's a, some sort of relationship or establishment that we've created with each other to the point to where I'm showing you snakes. I'm thinking you're like you are Jessica with your thousand dollar snake, your set purchase and stuff like that. Me personally, mm-hmm. I want to be in front of my, my, my displays with you while we go through things instead of being that guy that's like behind and reaching over for everything. Yeah. There's so, like a way to be like cringy about that too, where you're like lurking. Yeah. <laughs> like behind yeah. and like, are you calling me cringy? No, all of us are cringy. I don't know which one's correct, but I'm saying like how I shop is I want yeah. to be treated like a person who's ready to drop $5,000, $3,000 because yeah. I am. And yeah. if I get treated like a pet keeper, like if you can't look at me and figure out that I have money, I know what I'm looking at, then like right. it, it's a harder sell for me because I'm just like, I, there's a lot of people here. I'll go somewhere else. I don't buy that much at shows though, but. You know, I went to. She's lying. She buys so much shit at shows. It's not even funny. <laughs> I went to Arlington, so I got to see everybody's style, and I was like, yeah. I prefer being left alone to browse peacefully. Maybe one like polite question, but like, I don't need you to hand me stuff either. I'm. Well, good. see, I don't yeah. hand people like you snakes. I say, hey, just let me know if you have any questions. Yeah. Right. I but just acknowledge the that they're is, there. Like, how should Shane try? Should he like? Look at it and be like, okay, it's a kid. Let me slap a pet type Pokemon into his Well, you hands just have to find your own. Like, like, you're never going to be the girl that's standing in front of your booth letting people hold snakes. That's just not you. So if Shane I is have like, done that, though. I do it every show. But, like, I don't know if it's as successful as people think it is. It is for a very cheap animal. But, like, do we really want to be vending the cheapest animals possible to make that mode of sales successful? And can can I say something to anyone that watches this? So I never right. assume anyone knows me or follows me or anything like that. So I always, I have this little spill I'd go through with everyone that would walk up and then I would go through it. And then somebody would say like, oh yeah, I watch all your videos and blah, blah. Lead with that people. <laughs> <laughs> Save him the aggravation. I'm going through like uh, the geckos or whatever, you know, they're looking at and they're like, Oh, yeah, well, yeah, after I'm done, yeah, I watched all your videos. I seen when you unbox this or something. I'm like, fucking leave with that, man. Tonight, <laughs> <laughs> or, or wait, I lost it. 905 asked if holding animals would open you or the, the venue up to liability issues in case of accidental bites, I'm assuming, because obviously they're not venomous. But like, does yeah. anybody think about that and is concerned about that? Well, I think I think first of all, if somebody's not going to let anybody hold the animal, like I, you know, I'll, I'll flat out tell them, you know, this girl's a bitch. I mean, I, you know, if it's something like that. So, if it comes to that, nine times out of ten, they're they're aware, and you know, they pick out this animal, and they're like, "Can I hold this animal?" And I know that this is something that they're possibly wanting to buy. I I let them know. I said, "Hey, this one." It, and it, there was one. I saw one at my last show that she just. She just liked to bite whoever she, whoever held her. 
Mm-hmm. She ended up getting bought. And then, of course, the guy came back and bought some more snakes from me at this last show. And, of course, he says, yeah, she's still a bitch, you know. So, you know, there it's just some but, that come out. Just Yeah. So but I can't woo. see somebody like saying, yeah, you can hold my eight foot retic. I know it's going to attack <laughs> you. But, you know, I don't think it's something like that. But mm-hmm. I think there is something um like as far as like a disclaimer uh, that they have when you check in, especially with the show me shows, let them know that it is a, it is a quirky says uh, that you're liable because Repticon makes you sign a yeah whatever yeah, yeah. you they're not suable. Yeah, I, right, I think exactly. about it a lot. I obviously think more about like the biosecurity stuff more because that yeah most people are normal, right? Like if they get bit a little bit by a tiny pinprick ball python prick, yeah. hopefully they don't freak out. Yeah, it's um, it's all could. biosecurity when it comes to me though i mean that's what like i said if i do have an animal it's a predetermined animal and, and it's one that i know is is well along enough to where if if it does put itself in a bad position that it, it, it most likely will thrive regardless so yeah i mean well you guys it just for that liability and biting and all that kind of stuff like use use your head okay yeah. like if you're interacting with these animals enough to know the behaviors of the snakes or other reptiles that you produce, like a ball python doesn't just bite you. Like there are warning signs, <laughs> you know, like it'll huff and puff, especially those little babies or, oh, yeah. you know, it'll get rigid or it'll S up or pop up, you know, like there are lots of warning signs. So I'm not, yeah. Yeah. Oh. But there's boas that don't do any of that. They'll just look at you and just be like, yeah. I'm going to bite you. Or retic or something. I've seen a retic like sniff somebody and go like. But you're not going to hand a kid a retic. I've seen some shows where people do hand That would be dumb as fuck. But I'm saying like the ones that I'm. I'm not just like tossing out snakes to 50 people and then walking away and saying like, good luck. Don't get bit. You know, like usually when you're letting someone handle an animal, you're right there watching your animal for the safety of your animal and for the safety of the person. And so the one that my main snake, teddy bear, that I let everybody hold, the cinnamon, you jackass. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I wasn't nagging on the cinnamon. I'm just yeah, saying, whatever. Like... Shh. I'm talking. I'm talking right now. Just no. Um, he's never bit anybody in his life. Like he never gets tense. He never gets stressed out. Like. He's just like, yo, what are we doing today? He's just so mellow. And so, I mean, I literally could hand that snake to any person, even if they have no experience with snakes. And they're like, oh, I'm just going to walk around with him in my hands or around my neck. And I wouldn't worry about what he would do. Like, you can hold his face in your hand like this. He doesn't even react. So, I mean, it's like you just have to be intelligent about what you're doing and all right. I mean, this aware. is obviously like a, a debate. Like every person does what's comfortable for them Correct. or their animal. And Find your own. Figure out what works. Correct. Uh, do you have a personal uh, liability umbrella policy? Anybody in the room for your business? We yes. do as part of our like homeowners insurance. Yeah. Jana? I do not <gasps> for my business. Okay. Uh, I carried mine from my last business over to this business. So, fun fun fact: Small Town Exotic uh, has a bunch of tree trimming gear depreciating in its uh, care too. You know? <laughs> so, if you need your tree cut, don't call Shane. <laughs> well, we don't know. Uh, uh, Nine hundred five Royals. You know, a part, uh, there was an attachment to his original question about liability. Uh, and he said, or bug transfer right. from table to table. 
like if there's some liability in that me i i my personal answer to that is like that's hazards of the trade and that's one reason i'm not letting everyone hold my hands right and i also and i did this for shane because of course we're, we're table buddies but i always go out and pre-treat the night before mm-hmm. uh all my tables and stuff like that so everything and i the particular one I use isn't actually made for animals. It's, it's one that you would spray on your clothes and stuff like that. And, and it's pretty, pretty strong stuff. So it always pre-treat my area ahead of time before we set up anyway. Uh, so you so use the just, like permethrin, like hunting stuff you're supposed to spray on your Yeah. Clothes. It's a, it's an aerosol. I'm not sure if I've got a thing under here or not. I would so. just like to reiterate that he said the night before he goes and sprays or like way before he lets it dry people okay it's okay and i I had pre-treated all my animals with yeah and did you post treat too just yeah yeah i'll post it yeah nobody comes back now i do have a quarantine area and that's where my show animals go but we do uh we have the uh, all natural um uh reptile spray that you could get at petco or pet smart or whatever and they all get a nice little coating of that as we're putting them back into their into their displays. All right, real talk question. Is Mickey good about kicking people out that have snakes with obvious mites on them or bad condition? Yes. If you don't want to answer, you can't, but I'm hoping yes. he is. Uh, I believe he is. He, <laughs> Thank he you! Actually, but he also, <laughs> at the same time, is willing to work with you too. I mean, right. It, it, There's like, course, it's not like a, a forever three strike band. Role or something. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, of course, ignorance is always bliss, but like, you know, this, this particular show, there was one person that was asked to leave and, and, but I could recall. Several I love times. being at people being asked yeah. to leave. That's my favorite thing. Cause yeah. if it's and, gross, they got to go. Several times, you know, this guy was given, or these, these people were giving an opportunity to like, Hey, you know, this is the way you should do it. Instead of just being like that bouncer at the at the at the bar, that's like it's time for you to go, you know. So uh, yeah, he he's I, I I do like it on that terms. Uh, I personally have not had a, a good relationship on purchaser side or vendor side with Repticon to be able to tell you the difference with those. Uh, uh, I, I've been loyal to Mickey when it comes to local shows. We do have another local show. Uh, that's ran with one of our exotic, exotic pet, you know, clubs that we have every year uh, that I've built a good relationship with. But, um, you know, I think they do the same thing. They do a good job of policing and making sure the people are, are set up certain ways. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Mickey's also made sure that, you know, you know, like he makes sure you have a vendor list and what he recommends you should bring and what what requirements mm-hmm. are also on there that you're you're expected to have as well. I think so, that's amazing. Yeah, so that's that's one good thing that I like about that, and, and it's more, and it's not really more to like police us. It's just more of a for somebody like me that that my redundancy has a redundancy. You know, it mm-hmm. kind of gives me the peace of mind knowing that they're, he's just not letting just this Rudy Two person set up next to me. You know that that, that yeah, it brings that the whole it. show down, man. Right. So and and we bend People as a group, leave. like I said, we we always like especially with like Knoxville shows. Uh, so, uh, like the Har- uh, Herp and Harbins, Josh and Lisa Harbin, they'll they live up that way, so they'll go to the Knoxville show and go ahead and pick our spots out for us and put our names on it. Uh, I in turn do the same thing at the Nashville shows. Uh, Alyssa and Craig and and or Seth and Brittany do that at the Chattanooga shows. 
So we kind of watch out for each other too and make sure that we're kind of all together and we all kind of run the same kind of biosecurity setups amongst ourselves, you know, cause we kind of just mirror each other. So, you know, that, that kind of helps too, knowing that you're setting up around somebody that kind of keeps the same kind of biosecurity that yeah, you Yeah, getting your own pod is awesome. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It's a blessing um, and a curse. We have our own block of people, you know, yeah. it's um, a blessing and a curse. Cause we also bought pythons, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, it's, <laughs> yes. it's, it's, it's a blessing to know that, especially with my wife, my wife has, has MS. And if it's something where, she needs to, I need to leave to take her home or something like that happens. I know that I can leave my table with somebody like Shane or, or like Seth and Brittany or Alyssa and Craig and stuff. And it's the, the show's still going to go on if it's something where we have to disappear or, or something to that effect, you know, while, while we're at the show. So that's amazing. I think that that the community yeah. that you get at the shows is, is it just as important as the shows? Yeah. Um, I feel like our community is a little harder to break into in this area yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know I maybe I'll try harder this year but I just feel like I, I don't know I just feel like the odd chick out you know and so and I'm not a husband and wife team and and I don't know it's just it's in, an interesting dynamic and so maybe I need to be going to those dinners on Saturday night or whatever but it's like when you just worked all a freaking day yeah, and yeah. you want to do you want to go to a restaurant and wait two hours for your food like i'm gonna be a raging bitch nobody needs to see me like that <laughs> get some food in that girl otherwise just don't talk to her um so that's why i gotta think beforehand so like i i don't i haven't been to the knoxville show but like i'll make the dinner plans for when everyone's here in town for that so then right after after dark we all meet at a restaurant and there is no wait Right, and you didn't have to vend a show, so you're there's super loud music. While, there's super loud music playing while you're trying to talk. However, but uh, yeah, outside yeah. of that, you know, yeah. uh, some fun people came. Leviathan's here. Hello. Don't vote for them. They don't need it. <laughs> but also Jared love you. Quirky oh. was talking about like the risk to isopods when you pre-treat, and I think to me. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's overstated because once it's dried on the surface, yeah. Unless you're rubbing your isopods on their table, like there shouldn't be that much contact transfer from somebody's tablecloth. But I know that's why, and then they're putting a tablecloth over it. So, is there? I mean, and also if you have your own section and you're mostly ball python breeders and you're not selling Mm -hmm. isopods or spiders. Is then I think it's I think I like the idea though, like a bug section to protect the bug people. I think that's fine. I but I like also think we should be allowed section. if they're gonna let in people that have mites and there's no like overseeing of that, then the people that are there should be allowed to protect their animals how they see fit. I don't think they should be allowed to be like spraying it everywhere and killing other people's animals, but I think that pre-treating your area should be allowed. Like I've I've been reamed for doing that. And it, and it was really frustrating because I was literally like just spraying the table and like, uh, like a perimeter. Yeah. And it was Friday afternoon and it's yeah. like, Nobody I was going to let it dry. And then I was going to put my stuff on it. And so it's just like, I wasn't hurting anybody. And I always vend with like a friend on the other side yeah. who does earrings. And so it's like, we always have four tables. Yeah. Why shouldn't I be able to spray that area and there's gaps and I always, so like it wasn't even near anybody else. Yeah. And, oh, it's just frustrating. I also feel like it's 
Sorry, go ahead, Shane. Are you wanting to talk? Well, fun fact. So the Herp and Harbins didn't make the Nashville show. So our block buddy was Debbie from Reptiles to You, who had mm -hmm. stacks of boxes of crickets, and they were all fine. After oh, that. yeah. Even though you, you had pre-treated. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, she wasn't bringing her boxes of crickets in my area, but she was my direct neighbor, you know? Right. I guess the only way I could see, like, a, a you know, a mode of transmission is somebody like some shitty kid like rubs their body all over your table and then like rubs her cricket box and gets to some of the because it's dry so it's not airborne at that point at all yeah and, and this we should stop children from doing that by the way if you see any children just like licking tables and, cut and, them off and, and this might seem a little harsh but the last time i checked these are reptile shows not invertebrate shows. Oh, burn. They were guests in our house. They need to, like, do their own thing. That's the way I look at it. Honestly. Our shows are, are called exotic shows, uh, exotics and reptile shows. And so we have, like, Exotic sugar. dancers. I mean, I could. I mean, if you want to. But I'm usually family friendly at these shows. Um, we have, like, munchkin kitties. And we have, you know, sugar gliders. And we have That's all weird. kinds. And so I think that we just all fit into this umbrella and we do have to have some respect for each other and, and the, we're all part of like this, a similar community. And so I do think that we need to respect them, but I don't think that that should come at a cost to us or them. Like there is a way to do it without any of us putting our, our animals at risk. Well, Mickey was talking about a bugs only section at which yeah. show it? does anybody know? Uh, that I know was you about for having like ball python centric shows and then like you know right there was like a post yesterday about a bug only yeah. show oh like all like by a, itself I, I think or like the, the one that's two levels like the upstairs would be only bugs it would be called the spider zone or something and then downstairs could still be reptiles but like specifically if people wanted to drive for just a bunch of fucking invert stuff it was going to be separate and i'm like that's cool do that. Yeah. yeah. Then, instead yeah, of like, I, I agree with that. I, I totally agree with that. Keep them uh, in one area, and then it's less likely they're going to run across a, a bunch of uh, bug killing chemicals, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Which, so... by the way, uh, something that was really popular at Knoxville and Nashville was micro squirrels. Everyone that's was. big. That is so, like, that's exploding in your what? area. Yeah, they um, look like ASFs with the squirrel tails. What they look what? like? What they do? Yeah. Uh, Smoky Mountain Balls has a pair of them, and they what? are like they're so freaking cute. They're so Where are they from? African dormouse is what they. I looked them up as, but uh, they do. They do look like little squirrels. Are they oh arboreal? Still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I need Holy to get me a breeding shit. pair of those because they would explode here. Yeah, they are, they're tiny. I don't yeah. know how big they eventually get, but I mean, they're fucking tiny. I think they're ASF size, like you said. <laughs> they are, yeah, they're like, they're like little like this. They're so cute. Yeah, they look just like an ASF with a little miniature squirrel tail. Yep, all right, we're true. all over here. Yeah. Is that yeah. how big they get when they grow up? So if you breed these, hit me up. I want to know. I want to break into the Pacific Northwest. I think they were selling for like 200 bucks a pop. Yeah, too. They're not, they're not that expensive. Well, we have somebody local that that's that's what they do so 
Oh, well, you slide into my DMs and tell me who they are, and I'll hit them They're up. They're called because... African Dormouse. Yeah. Not Tiny Squirrel. Well, Although Mini, that's a good mini Squirrel is what, much more sellable than that. <laughs> but, um, yeah. 200 bucks a pop you're like asfs go for 10 dollars pop so i mean <sighs> ASF like, with little shits, like sugar gliders where like they really don't like you that much and they are i, I do i do have heard that they you need attention you need to give them attention at first right i feel uh, like they're similar to like a pet rat like personality wise if you work with them yeah. they're going to be great if you don't then they're not I think yeah, but that you buy them in pairs so they have a buddy or something yeah they have right. to have a buddy too yes yeah, that was that was what happened with with Bree. She got the one in Knoxville, but she wasn't like too keen on getting the other one that was that was left. So Alyssa picked her one up in Nashville, and now she's got she's got her pair. So, are they part of the federal ban on interstate transfer, just like ASFs, because they're an African rodent and they're whatever? I don't think so because I don't think they consider them invasive like they would consider ASFs being invasive. Well, ASFs. What? Let me get some here. They might you... already be on the list, is what I'm saying. Okay, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> girl, you're cramping my style again. Hey, we got them in Tennessee. Come buy them. Put some in your purse. Drive home. <laughs> little carry on. A little yeah. cat carry your bra. on. It's a kitty cat, everyone. <laughs> well, we, we drove ferrets from Arizona to california nobody said anything so i'm sure you could drive some micro squirrels to washington nobody said i don't remember whose chat i was in or whose live i was on but we were talking about asfs and somebody was like i wish we could have them in our state and somebody else commented back i don't know any asf police <laughs> <laughs> um so real quick before I forget, since we're talking about it, U.S. Arc has an alert in Loudoun County that would ban all exotic uh, mammals, including crocodilians. But like, you can argue whether or not. But so like, tiny squirrels would be illegal in Loudoun County. So if you live in Loudoun County or know anybody in Loudoun County, please reach out to your representative. Or if you're in neighboring counties, because what happens in one county don't necessarily stay there. So that's right. in Georgia, right? Uh, Virginia, Loudoun County, Virginia. So it's like a yeah. DC metro. We have Loudoun County in Tennessee right next door to me. So oh yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, the, when we came to this country, we were like, we're just going to keep naming everything the same. Like how many Frederick counties are there? Or yeah, Ugh, it's okay. White people. We can't trust them. Mighty Morphin Reptiles, Pack Northwest Reptile Show. Are you local? Like, th yeah, that's my show. That's our big show here. Um, that's one my favorite one to vend um so i didn't know you i didn't know you were local anyway hit me up if you are i whenever i see that show circuit it's like it reminds me of like pac-man wars or something you know like you're gonna for, like, sure. <laughs> for sure yeah but they just do a really good job of advertising and they've really got like the promoting part pretty dialed in mm -hmm. and and they take like commentary and ask like what do you think we could be doing and they actually listen so like we were like well it needs to always have a a facebook oh, invite he's the youtube bro that dresses up in like safari outfit am i making that right yeah. yeah he does all the like oh i think i've met you in person yeah you probably have he's at every show just like i just uh, didn't know blogging. that he was associated with mighty morphin reptiles all right, I know. Cool. All right, sweet. 
yeah, maybe we'll have to have him on next year. All right. So can we talk about NARBC? Because it's like a mystery. I talked to Shane about this privately a little bit. So once you sign up, do you get to re-sign up for every NARBC show in the circuit? Or are you locked into only your show? Like, what are the rules? Because it's like a it's like a genie in a bottle. Like you have to like yeah. rub Brian Potter a special way. Yeah. The right way. You gotta know the secret <laughs> handshake and you gotta do the jumping jacks just right. And you gotta blow yeah. the right people. I mean, it's right. it's hard to get into on the right day with just the saying, right, yeah. I'm pretty good at it. So if that's yeah. the cost of entrance, I, that's that's the main reason why I say we were blessed because we basically split a table in March of last year. Uh, and and whenever they started passing out the uh, the uh, um, request for the October show, we we went ahead and signed up, but we had we went ahead and paid. Um, so, you know, I, I consider myself. Now we also the same day signed up for the St. Louis show, and I, and for for the record, because I know for some odd reason my particular company caught a little bit of hate for it uh, from from some other people, but uh, we had signed up. And had no plans of doing Tinley. Our plans were St. Louis. Uh, we were already paid for St. Louis. St. Louis was a go. That was going to be our last show of the year. And two weeks before uh, Tinley was to happen, uh, we got the hey, we're running your, we're we're going to run your credit card this week. Uh, we'll put you on the Sunday. So we'll see you in October. So it was something that came out of left field for us. Mm-hmm. So uh, yes, we did Vin Tinley first. However, we were already in pocket to do St. Louis. So it wasn't something where not, that people, because people do say sometimes, hey, do these other shows, go to Schaumburg, go to St. Louis, go these other venues where there is availability. And then that kind of puts you in the, in the, in the driver's seat of getting some of the more sought after shows like Tenley. Uh, however, like I said, we were blessed to be able to do Tenley first uh, mm-hmm. and then St. Louis second. So, um, so yeah, yes, you hear that. I know it's harder, the more tables you try to get, uh, what I've learned, uh, just over my time getting involved with NARBC is just be flexible. I mean, if it's something where you've got a, you've got a massive setup and you've got an end cap and you've got a 12 foot banner and all this stuff like that, and you plan on, you know, planting your flag first Tinley show, it, it's not going to happen. It's just not, I mean, it's not going to mm-hmm. happen. Uh, there's people that have been vending that for several years and they 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 barely have the second table now. So uh, talking to Chad Hulker, he was like, yeah, it was great for the first couple of years me doing it was just my one table. But ever since I've gone to two, it's been like buckshot. I've been a different place every time. So you got to be flexible if you want to get into stuff like that. Yeah, and, be know, flexible and be grateful like you're being. Yeah. Like, I, I'm blessed to be here with yeah. my one tables. Thank yeah, you. So, Someone says, yeah. hey, you want to come to Tiddly with one table? You say Thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah. Don't, <laughs> you don't, don't say, yeah. "Oh, but I, I have a two table setup." No, yeah. you come to your one table there and you go. rock the shit. Yeah, out I of do your better. One table. Yeah, exactly. I do better with an end cap, and I've got a hundred animals. Well, make it an eight spot, an eight foot spot. That's the yep. best way to do it because. Mm-hmm. And you you're know, saying that like, the other shows are like gateway shows. Like if you come and rock whatever you're right. doing at the other shows, then they might say, yeah. "Hey, we're going to bump you up to Tim Tinley too." Yeah. And that's are true. You I've got, I've got a buddy of mine that he he, he sets up with three tables every time and he hasn't been able to make it to Tinley, but, but he's sold on the three table setup. That's how his, his business plan and structure works. So he does it through Tinley, but he does all the other shows around him. So are you forced to do both uh, instances of the show spring and fall? 
Is, well, did you I understand want to, that correctly? Okay, yeah, yeah. Now, people, what, what you want to still sign up? Like, like I've I've been told, like, like what she told me when they told me in St. Louis that, you know, oh, I meant to tell you good news. This is your spot. This is your spot to lose. Um, yeah, you pretty much want to go whether you have something or not, even if it's something where, uh, you just kiss babies. Instance, yeah, for instance, my, my, yeah, <laughs> or you let somebody season. like share your table, but if you show up every Tinley, if you want to hold that spot, exactly. So, like for example, <sighs> October's my push show. Not my, my October's when I'm going to have most of my animals because that's the way our season's set up. Compared mm-hmm. to somebody like Shane, they're in their season right now. I mean, he's yeah. incubator's got stuff in it right now. Mine's turned off. So, um, me showing up in Tinley in March with my animals. It's not going to be a lot. I mean, I'm going to have I'm going to have a few animals. I'll be able to to rock my two displays that I have, uh, but I wouldn't nearly have that if you know. So Shane's coming with us, so we're going to have a we're going to have a full table. That's a good marriage. It is That's a good beautiful. marriage. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So That's what I'm saying. So, so like, if you got Jessica, if you got into Tinley, obviously both of us would have more animals in in the fall, but in the spring show, like we could go as holdback rack with your yeah. like the leftovers yeah. from the season before I'm just like a crybaby or something like how many hours is it for you guys to drive to tinley it's right about six for me right about that's six. not too bad see that arlington's like three hours from me so i would technically would want to pick arlington right well, what about you shane my whole goal is just to nail down march tinley is my forever show just because that's the way my seasons mm-hmm. work i have i would i would love to do like daytona in August or or October, Tinley, but I don't have babies then. I would have to hold stuff from the beginning of the year all the way to the end. So me, my whole goal is this March Tinley. Yeah, but you guys are sharing a table, and so if you have stuff in at the March show, and he has stuff at, I mean, that's like a perfect marriage. Yeah. So it's you can bring the majority of your stuff and then whatever's left over, then you can take to the show. But because right. he's got more animals to fill the spaces, yeah. I mean, like that's what you got to do as somebody that's opposite of you that's why i was telling her like if she wants to vend the october we could go in the march yeah. with our podcast right yeah i said i was a baby about driving <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's and not I, a fun ride either the tinley is not the best ride in the world for one a there's no buggies on the way at mm. least not for us so that that that's that makes things not fun uh, but it's not it's not a fun show. And, you know, it's not a fun show to drive up. It's it's a lot of flat. Yeah, driving to Florida feels more fun. Like yeah, because, I mean, you're, it's getting warmer you as you go. Yeah. So you love, I love going east because there's the whole, hey, I'm in Central. Hey, I'm in Eastern. No, now I'm back in Central. You know, so there's that too. But, like, you know, you don't get that feel with Tinley. It, it really, honestly, the only thing that drives me when I drive Tinley is I'm going to get to see this person. I'm going to get to see this person. I'm going to eat pizza with this person. You know, so it's like it, that's that's really what the drive is for Tinley. That's what I'm talking about: Chicago style pizza in Chicago. In that's Chicago, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like things that I'm like really passionate about, like corn snakes, do historically really bad at that show. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would bring them yeah. at all. So then, you're like, okay, which is fine. Like a different show for a different audience. You bring the stuff that sells. And you got to remember now too that with Tinley, they're 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 finally after so many years they're requiring vet checks. So you got to have a vet check for each species that you bring. 
So if you right. do bring boas and ball pythons, you would have to have two separate vet checks for each one. Uh, luckily, uh, uh, USARC was was on our side with it being last minute with us uh, at this last show. So um, we were able to, you know, they brought people out to actually do the vet checks for us on site for the people that were in areas where they couldn't, you know, they couldn't get get you know get to a vet in time. Mm-hmm. Luckily for us in Tennessee, we have we have uh, like I said, we have Alicia Harbin, and of course we have Tom Harbin down in Alabama. So we have people, and I and I've been blessed with having a good exotic animal uh, uh, doctor like within five minutes of us too. So. I, it was good for me, but I, I, I saw some grunts and some pains from people that, you know, live out in where the sticks have sticks and, you know, not having a vet uh, than maybe a cow vet or a farm vet that, that nobody would do their vet checks for. So that's the only other thing, too, that you have to watch with Tenley is that they want one for each uh, for each species that you bring. Mm-hmm. And Florida has just the import. Yeah. Permit or whatever. Yeah, you want to have the import permit, and then you want to have. They want you to have a, um, a inventory. They want you to have the inventory of what you're bringing in too. Right. As well. And Texas doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, Texas is just like show up. Just, yeah. Thank you, I mean, Texas. Right. <laughs> All those conservatives. Like, like they do have a, a permit for out of state people who want to sell native species. Right. But, but that's it. Yeah. So and it's fine. Um, yeah, but there's something weird in. Illinois with uh, hog nose. Yeah. Like, like, there's a bunch of hoops you got to jump through. So, like, I would never take hog nose up there because I'm just not going to jump through all those hoops. And I'm not like a premier hog nose breeder. So, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Gonna, I'm just Isn't not. Oklahoma weird about hoggies too? Yeah. Do they yeah. have native hog noses in that Illinois and Oklahoma? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Hog nose, uh, I've had to refund two people because after it was all said and done, I realized they were in Missouri and they didn't have uh, permits to have them. So I had to like refund them. Hognose is a, kind of a headache altogether, sort of ish. I love the species, but man, yes. it's not like ball pythons where you can just fling them all over the United States. You got to pay. You get a ball and you get a ball and you get a ball. I like that. And I'm like, yeah. well, I'll be at work making sales while I'm at work. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, you want the animal? Here's an invoice, blah, blah, blah. And then I go when I get their shipping address. I'm like, shit, you're in a state. Do you have permits? Do you have this? No, fuck. Now I got a refund. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a liability of just any native that you will have to cross-reference if that person is in the native range and if they're even allowed to have it. Like even something like a corn snake is legal in a couple of states and or needs a permit. So Tennessee is one of those. Yeah, it sucks. Donovan Winterberg had like a, a trillion corn snakes and he moved to Tennessee and he, sorry, you know, if you like it, doesn't matter. Georgia, New Jersey, you can only have like the ones with red eyes, which is dumb because <laughs> they're like, it proves it's captive bred. Right. But it just makes it interesting. So like, would you breed differently, Shane or Moose for your shows? Or are you still just going to bring, you know, what you were already interested in anyway breeding just the cheaper stuff to a local Tennessee show based on the response you got from buyers. Me personally, I'm not changing any breeding plans for a show. So if I don't think what I have is suitable for that show, either it's too high or too low or whatever, then I probably just wouldn't have been that show, I guess. I mean, 
I'm not, I'm not going to adjust my direction or, or take up space with shit. I don't want to mm-hmm. or do a show. Right. That's my take. And, and I concur. I mean, we, we, we were never planning on being hello world. Here we are really honestly until the end of this year, this year coming up 2023. Uh, that was our original bleeding free plans. We just were, were lucky enough to get, uh, a closed collection from a friend of mine that was wanting to get out of the, out of the, of the uh, ball Python business to be able to breathe this year and to be able to be successful uh, with, with vending and stuff like that. So um, what I've learned is the one thing that I get away from most of the people when I talk to they're in this hobby, especially people that, that vend uh, for a full-time basis, you definitely don't want to stop doing your project pieces. Don't let that slow you down as far as being afraid of a recession, you still want to breed what your plans are. Uh, you just want to be a little bit more selective on the type of animals that you're breeding with the, the most intent that you're going to take them to a show and sell them. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, but w- with us, with our, with our business plan, we've never bred something that we didn't have a home for already. If that makes any sense, we, we, we were breeding and I've got a spot for them for the rest of their life. If they had to, if they got to stay, uh, animals that I take with, with me 60% of the time are me just showing off my brand. I mean, there's not a lot of things that I've got for sale anyway, uh, when it, when it goes to that effect. So I don't think this market refresh or recession that everybody's saying that we're going through, uh, is going to hurt either me or Shane. Uh, we're breeding, we're breeding for the future of our, our own hobby anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, Yes, I will have some things that I consider uh, more of a companion, more some what people like to say lower end animals. Uh, but that's only because that's in our plans in the first place. Uh, so it's not something where I'm going to be going, well, this whole rack right here is going to make snakes for me to take to the show. And, and I'm going to sell these snakes at, at the show and, and, you know, and, or, or I'm going to get stuck with them. Uh, everything we're breeding has a plan. So it's not that we're, we're looking to, uh, change anything that we're going to be doing over the next year or next season or two uh, with whatever the buyer's market is calling for. Right. You don't have a 1.4 for blue eyed Lucy's just to right. go to the show. with. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I have a similar plan for that, but I also, cause I, this is the year that most of my stuff that I bought when I got in is mature enough to try to breed and, um, so the two previous years I was just learning on like cheaper stuff that I was able to get into. Um, but in the future, cause I do really love the shows, I'm probably going to be funneling a lot of my non-visual males. So, I mean, they may be like post triple hats males, but right now in the recession, there's no market for those. Right. And so, you know, if you lop off the triple hats and you sell them as a pet male, you know, there is a market for those. And so right. that's what I plan to do moving forward is funnel the males um, that aren't going to sell on Morph Market through to the shows. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. I think I think I think it's 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 going to do uh, the hobby as a as an industry. I think it's going to do us good. I talked to some of the older older guys and they're like, hey, we've been here before. This is this is nothing new. It's just it's 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 all about, you know hunkering down and, and surviving what, what the, what the market's going to call for. I mean, I, I remember having a conversation with a couple of guys at Tinley where they were talking about these, uh, 
uh, multiple recessive animal, visual animals like clown pods and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, we were doing this 10 or 15 years ago. The market just didn't call for it. So we stopped doing it. You know, so I think that's the same thing that's happening right now. And it's just going to come down to it's going to separate the men from the boys, should I say. It's going to it's going to find it's going to mm -hmm. see the people that are actually in it for the passion and for the hobby and would be doing it regardless if they're making money or not. It's going to be those people uh, that are going to stick through compared to the ones that were just like, hey, this is a hot market. Let's go buy, you know, $100,000 worth of snakes and start, and start selling them on Morph Market because the opportunity is there. I think it's going to scare a lot of them off. Uh, and that's what's probably going to do the market good. And it's going to be whoever survives when the dust settles, uh, if there is going to be any dust, um, that that's going to make that's going to make the hobby better. And overall, we're going to stop seeing some of these animals that are simple that are twenty five thousand dollars. I mean, <laughs> for a for a male snake that's that's desert ghost and 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 exanthic to be twenty five thousand dollars. That's just that's just something we need as a hobby to realize that that's, that's, that's way too much. And did you watch the bullshit interview where Sean was positing this? Theory? I did not. I did not. No, but I we mean, I've to talk it. about that. I've heard, I've heard a bunch of people that they were saying, you know, we were making this, you know, 10 or 15 years ago and nobody was batting an eye, you know, and they were, and they were changing the, changing the way they bred back then to, to meet the market then. So hmm. I, well, I, I, did think hear, I did hear Sean make a comment about like, you know, He's been making tri stripes, and apparently they're only worth six or seven hundred dollars. But if you add desert ghost, it bumps it up to fifty. <laughs> right, like there's a disparity between like how difficult that one will be to replace, and then the purchase price now. So like if you buy it too too high, there will be too many of them in two years, right. or whatever, because every a bunch of people already have doubles. Like how right. hard is it to hit or whatever? I don't know, but. I think that's true for like desert ghosts. Like the number of het desert ghosts on Morph Market has gone up a lot. Right. So there will be one, as many clowns as there are desert ghost visuals in existence next year, two years from oh, now yeah. or something. Because everyone's and already, hunkered and down and taken, made a bunch. It's already taken a hit. I mean, I've, a I've huge hit. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you know, I remember before it was like eleven, twelve thousand dollars $12,000 for just a desert ghost clown but you know I, I can recall having a conversation with uh with a breeder in tinley where he was just pulling him out of the back of the thing it's like just pick whichever one you want i'll take seven grand for him you know so it's already there it's already happening so you could just imagine what is going to happen over the next year when these people that bought in two years ago or bought in three years ago what they're going to be going through and what in the markets you know, i'm i'm feeling that with redhead you know with, with the redhead stuff that i'm dealing with you know i'm i'm I'm, I was brought in with a certain price market in mind, but I have to realize that that market has changed. So what I thought would be this much money, is it going to be that much money when, it, when it's all said and done? I think that but, a lot of people forget that, that the old school people tell you like, it, this is a long game, breed what you love. Don't try to chase the trends because if right. you're trying to chase the trends, you're already three years behind. Right. And so if you're buying in high, by the time you can sell, everybody else does the same thing as you. And now that whole market crashes because everybody's putting out het desert ghosts because they got a desert ghost mail and bred it to everything. Right. And so mm -hmm. by the time we all get to the animals that we're selling high, everybody's like, 
I can get one anywhere for 200 bucks. And so you have to remember that when you're planning your breeding. I also think that the recession, like you said, is separating the boys from the men um, or the girls from the women, um, mm -hmm. because the people who are complaining about there being 50,000 animals on morph market, it's like, did you breed for what you wanted to hold back or did you just breed for quantity? And so the people that came in and just breeding for quantity and they have no avenue to sell it locally or, you know, didn't have customers lined up to buy these things are trying to sell, you know, $100 snakes on Morph Market when the shipping's $90. No one's going to buy that animal. And so if you go and you look on Morph Market at all these like really lower end animals, how many of those 50,000 are things that are under $500? A lot. And so, um, you know, you just have to really think about that's why people try to advise you. It's a long game, you know, breed what you love. Don't get caught up in the trends or chasing the trends. Obviously, if you have an old and established collection and Desert Ghost is selling really well and you have an adult Desert Ghost female and an adult Desert Ghost male, there's no reason not to breed those if the prices are high. But if you're chasing that and you're going to be three years behind everybody, you're wasting your energy and your money and your time buying in high because you're going to be selling low. Right. So, I mean, if you don't think about that long game, you're, you're not understanding how this market works. Right. And you're yeah, that think... person, you're that person on Facebook going, we're getting out fire sale. I'm selling everything. <laughs> DM for more, you know, it's, it's so it's like, so buy one, get one free 50% off, you know, right. like, come on guys. Like uh, I think the hard part is though, like Shane brings up a point that I don't think, I thought about correctly was that like a single powerful male almost his price doesn't matter if you have the females to make him do something different but he's saying he doesn't think that because that person would hold forty thousand thirty thousand dollars worth of dg tri-stripe make a bunch of tri-stripes had dg dg had tri-stripe combos and would still not be able to recoup the value of the original male because he's disproportionately priced relative to the component parts when those parts are old and exist everywhere. So even though it should work that way, that's Sean's point is the disparity is not correct between like the pieces and like the combos. Okay. Right. Say that all again, because I, I don't think I understood it for the dummies over here. Just say it again. But like, I think uh, Shane, listen to it or re-explain it to Jana. All right. So, I, don't quote me on the exact numbers because I don't really pay attention to this market, but it was like, you know, you could go get a tri-stripe for six or $700, but apparently if you add DG on top of it, now all of a sudden it's worth 50 grand. And okay. it, you're not going to, when you start piecing that out, you're, it's going to take you a lot of breeding to recoup that investment because like she's saying, a DG hit tri-stripe isn't worth that much more than a DG or a tri-stripe het DG isn't worth that much more than a, whatever the tri-stripe. So you're saying if you get like a double visual and you breed it to all your shit, the, the double hets aren't going to recoup the cost of that mail. Right. Uh, By the time other people are making a ton of that same double visual. So right. he's just like the high price of that mail. He's still powerful and good. It just shouldn't be five, 10 times as much as the component parts. Like it should be a $5,000 animal. The parts are five hundred to a thousand dollars. That's you being paid for your time, but like, yeah. but if you already have double heads growing up and you need to grab your male to breed to those females that are ready, then can you recoup your? Then is it worth your? Maybe, investment? but like, you saying like it's such a, a a fast drop off. So if you're trying to recoup, 
when you go to breed, you'll be selling them for half the price. Three thousand, not even half, like less than that. I think he's correct. It. So everyone should go watch that. It was uh, Granddaddy Herb's episode of John Bradley, a uh, bullshit podcast. Because it was like, oh yeah, he's right. Like that's too much of a disparity between the parts and like the the power male for something that's not that hard to hit. Yes, it's hard, but it's not that hard. It's one sixteen. So like the parts need to come closer together in price. And so that we're seeing that, but like, I think we, we, me, maybe oversold the power of like a single male is literally priceless if he's powerful enough. Maybe, but maybe not. Maybe it's okay to wait and just make it yourself because you don't want to drop, experience the price drop independently. I don't know. We're thinking about <sighs> what's going on in the comments. Talk, talking pretty much about the same thing we were talking about. That's yeah. what I was. I was just about to bring that that particular uh, comment up. So right. Why are some five gene clowns so much more expensive than other five gene clowns? Like I know it's like the component parts and like desirability, but like the pricing feels arbitrary. Even though I know ball pythons are fake. Obviously, they're all worth. Yeah, whatever, well, a lot of that has to do with there's not. There's not necessarily, regardless of people are setting prices, there's not a manufactured standard retail price. You know what I mean? And in my right. mind, my animal costs this much. So that's why they put that price on that compared to somebody that is playing a longer game. And this five or six gene animal is, is, is more of a, uh, of a hindrance to what their plans are. They might be okay with letting that go for, significantly cheaper than it would be for somebody that this is their goal. This is their goal animal. Mm -hmm. And this is what I feel I've got, you know, established into this animal. So since we don't have like necessarily a, this, this animal should cost this much. That's why you see a lot of times the different prices from one, one G one type of clown animal to the other. Yeah. It's not a plus B plus C equals an amount. It's, if somebody's willing to pay it. I also think that not the $40,000 animals, but there are some examples of, you know, $5,000 to $10,000 males that you can absolutely recoup your costs. You know, like a stranger male or a stranger clown male. About stranger. So strangers coming down, but if <laughs> when it was high, if you had bought a male, and say you bought a, I added like a thousand dollars if it was a stranger head clown. I know because I looked into it. So it was like eight, eighty five hundred a year ago. So if I had bought that mail, yes, I would be screwed now because it's coming way down. And that's right. just because people are selling it because they're trying to get out and everybody's slashing prices and everybody's freaking out. So they're devaluing their own project where for a long time it was very protected. But two years ago, if you had done that and then you take that mail that you spent ten thousand dollars on and you bred it to a clown, you bred it to, um, you know, like your other project, a pied, you know, like, and even if these were simple females that you had breeding that stranger to it, you're going to recoup your $10,000, but you have to be kind careful. Of. Some people are still sitting on strangers from two years ago because like the price police wouldn't let them price it at a price they could move it on. Right. So like, there's a lot of strangers just sitting because like, we're not sure who's going to pay chicken first. So like, yeah, I think they probably did make their money back, but like that's the question is like where on the curve do you want to buy in? Right. Do you want to buy in when the price is coming down faster or slower or do you want to like redhead's tough? Like I'm not I know you you were probably told that you had to 
what were you told? Let me just ask you. What were you told you had to price them at? Or or were you told? Or is there some kind of like meeting, some kind of secret cabal of like redhead people? Yeah. And they're there is on a, a hood. Let me tell yeah. you. There, there, we, were, we were told as part of a conglomerate to try to be a little bit more selective, A, with the people that we're, we're allowing into the project, mm-hmm. and, and B, uh, make sure you're not losing your pants in the process. Because, you know, it is an investment for those animals. It did cost mm-hmm. us a little bit of money. I did eat a yeah. lot of ramen. Uh, did they make you sign a contract? <laughs> yeah. I don't so. think there's anything wrong with a conglomerate about a new gene. I think right. that that did us a favor to stranger for a long time. If that yeah. did a favor to redhead for a long time. Right. Yeah. I'm there's not, nothing wrong know. with launching. I'm just like curious how they chose to do it. Oh yeah. Like a little Facebook group, you know, that's nobody yeah. can it's find when they search couple. for it. Dang it. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, of course I'm going to reach out to my, to the people that I was able to get my animals from and just kind of get their two cents on things. But you know, people, you're still open to make your own decisions on how you're going to, how you're going to price the stuff. I, I personally have just decided that we're going to we're going to go Oldsmobile about it. There's going to be one price that we stick to when it comes to redhead, because nine times mm-hmm. out of ten, you're not buying that second animal from me. You're buying that first animal from me, especially with that gene in it. Uh, so it's almost like you're you know, you're paying your dues to be able to be part of that program in the first place. So, um you know, like I said, our plan from the jump has always been that ev- there's there's a spot for every animal, you know, the next 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 man up, so to speak. There's a spot for every animal we're going to make. So mm-hmm. if we sell it, we do. If we don't, it'll be we'll make it part <laughs> of our plans. So uh, let me answer on the redhead, too. <clears throat> I'm not part of the conglomerate, but I do ask like Moose and a couple other people what their suggested uh, price is. And I try to respect that. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. out of mutual respect. Hi, baby. Yeah. So guys, I'm going to, I'm going to hand this off to Jennifer because Gotham has called us. So I've got called in early. Oh, so Jennifer's going to take over Thank for you me. for coming on. So, no problem. No problem. Anytime. I, when I've got more time, we'll make sure we sit down and shoot some shit a little bit better. But Jennifer's yeah. going to take over for me so we can head in and take care of all this Nashville all right. madness. So, all right. Thanks for having me. Thank See you. Ya. So you're just going to come back and get your file when you're ready to go? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like I bought an acid clown this year and obviously the acid project is slowly coming down, but Hi. I have adult. Hi, Jennifer. Hey. Um, I have adult clown females ready. I have adult um, genetic stripe females ready. I have, you know, visual adult um, clown pies, you know, and so if you throw that to those projects, yeah, I'm going to make my $5,000. Right, back. but okay, you may spent $5,000 though. The question isn't like is a $5,000 male recoupable? It's is is, is a $50,000 male of common parts recoupable. That was the question that was posited by It may be that it may be if you have a bunch of powerhouse breed ready females ready to lock and load right then. You might right. be able to. I'm not saying it's impossible, but uh it's going to be hard. Yeah. It's just, it's just harder because, you know, each part is, it's more complicated than when they were like, you know, railroading pinstripes, just like I need pinstripes. So like if, right. if his peens worked, you know, great, we can make 50 and sell them for whatever. Right. Now it's more complicated. Like it's harder to hit. So like the price of the powerhouse 
I don't know what sort of like payout curve it should be, but, and it's fine if people want to pay whatever they want. Obviously they have money. We're this is all like sort of a weird hypothetical conversation about like, is that price fair to the buyer? Um, maybe, maybe. And, and like I said, it might be for the right buyer. Like the way I built my collection, I'm still, my females are still, most of my females are more powerful than my males. I'm just now getting lopsided. I just now got, powerful males you know mm -hmm. so i've always been lopsided my females were more powerful mm -hmm. but i built that way so if i ever did come across the next stranger or something you're ready I, to go i'm ready right. to go. jennifer how are you yeah. doing i'm good <laughs> yeah are you into the snakes or are you just like a you know, a passenger on a journey that you didn't know you were going on. <laughs> when it started, I didn't know we were going on this journey. Okay. Um, my brothers had reptiles my whole life. We started with, you know, garter snakes and frogs, and he had bob pythons when I was a kid and some Burmese. So we've had reptiles my whole life, so they don't freak me out or bother me. So when Jason was like, we're going to do this, and I'm like, we started with one, and then one turned into five turned into 20 turned into holy shit <laughs> turned but, into know, a room <laughs> yes and turned into racks and turned into shows and turned into there are parts of it i absolutely love there are parts of it i don't love mm -hmm. um you know there it is what it is monetarily do i think we'll get our money back in the long run eventually but yeah. it's a work in progress and if you don't enjoy what you're doing with the projects, if you don't enjoy what you're making out of the projects, then there's, then there's no sense doing the projects too. So, you know, he's got his own thing. I've got my own projects inside his projects. So. Okay. So you, you're like interested you're a participant. in it. Yeah. Right. I think it helps. You know about genes and some partners don't. <laughs> right. Yeah. My husband, if I died, he would just be like, they're all $5. I told Bye. everybody, like, if I ever kicked the bucket, rush to my house because my ex, he wasn't my ex at the time. He didn't even know how to feed them. Like, literally, he wouldn't know what he had. They'd all die. Like, he wouldn't change their water. He wouldn't even open their tubs. He'd just be like, hope you're okay in there. No, I, I, I could feed them. I don't like mm -hmm. to feed them, but I could feed them. Um, thankfully, my brother is now invested again. So, like, if Jason died, let's just be honest and be like, hey, you want to collab a project? I got a whole room. So, right. you know. Right. You but can handle yourself in that reptile room if we need be. Have, yeah, and we have good friends in the business. Like, I would call Shane and go, hey, what am I doing with this? Because I really have no idea. Mm -hmm. He's not that far away that I can't reach out and he can't go, let me tell you what you're doing because you don't know. And that's okay. Yeah. So, I feel like even in this business if you don't exactly know everything the support that you get from each other really helps and especially coming into it as being a spouse where you're not involved in it all the time I feel like the support for the spouses are is great too because we don't always know like and mm -hmm. you know it's it's not always our thing you're kind of like are along for the ride unless you're really involved in it but there's, like I said, there's some things I absolutely adore about the process and I get the process and I think it's better to do it as a team because then it's something we can do together. Absolutely. Like if, if it just was his hobby and then I just was like, eh, you, you do it yourself, then it's not as much fun. Like There'd be a lot of hours you didn't see your husband. <laughs> yeah, 
So now, like, you can ultrasound together, and you can change tubs together, and you can do. Oh stuff yeah, that's hot. Together, that that out together. Doing it right over there. <laughs> Great balls of fire. Um, I also think that. Um, my mind just went blank. Dang it. Dang it. Dang it. Um, oh, the community. So we do have a unique community that's mm-hmm. extremely um, tight knit and supportive. And I don't find any other business communities to be um, to be like that, the camaraderie or that I'll teach you if you don't know. Most people are like, we're competitors, F off. And in this hobby, I feel like, oh, you don't know? Let me show you. Yeah. And I feel like that's a great thing. And it's like, oh, like even Shane, like I loved when he lived in California and like, hey, you're thinking of coming this way. Come stay with us. Like we have a small, really tiny house, but come hang out. Come check it out. Come check out Tennessee. This is what it's about. You know, and I was really excited that we got to vend our first show together last weekend. Mm -hmm. And look, I got to be a soccer mom to his kids because I don't have kids of my own. And like, I was like, I got to be like the best soccer mom for a whole weekend and it was great. So, you know, there are parts of it that, yeah, I think it is a community. And I think that if we look out and take care of each other, that's part of it. It's absolutely part of it. Yeah, I think like a good crew like you all have a good ball python crew would make you want to go to a show even if you're going to lose money on that show like because then you have like the friendship or whatever that's what i keep trying to tell him that you know it doesn't matter i mean it does matter let's be honest it matters but yeah it does we matter, went to but... st louis and it was a complete bust we lost every like we lost a thousand twelve hundred dollars easy going to st louis mm-hmm. but the relationships we made there and the the you know you can't replace those. We had breakfast with Mary and Tom Harbin. And then we had, I had breakfast with Yeti and his daughter. And like, there are some relationships and we sat with Zach all weekend. So it's, it's those relationships where you get down to sit down and talk and hash out what's going on in everybody's lives. And those are the things that you can't replace. It may not be always, Hey, I sold this snake and it was great. It may be about the relationships that you're forging to move your future. Anyhow. You put faces mm-hmm. to names, we networked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's some sort of, like, break-even point where you're like, I can't do every show yeah, and lose work. money every time. Yeah. But also, but, if you're doing it, sometimes you can be like, that money went to advertising, that money went to FaceTime with people, that money went to networking, that money yeah. went to, I mean, it's all know, a, establishing a, a, connections. A, a business deduction. Um, I guess he has to take his phone, so it was nice to see y'all. All right. All right. Bye. Yes, ma'am. Bye. We'll have Bye. You, back. you just wait. All right. All right. Jana, do you want to do your movie thing since we're at the end? What the fuck did I watch? <laughs> so the winner was Mononoke Princess. Monoki? How do you even say that? It's so bad. Princess Mononoke? Yeah, that. I am not an anime fan. I am still not an anime fan. And I watched that (laughs) and I just was so confused that I messaged Jessica and I was like, what the fuck did I just watch? It was like uh, Moana and Fern Gully and what was the other one I threw in there? Mm. Um, Oh, Bambi. All had a baby and it was this movie. And then I was still just like, there were, were parts you paying, of okay, just, first like, question totally were you giving it your full effort or were you watching it on your laptop and mostly playing on your phone 
and sort of I did not have my attention. phone out the entire time. I did not have my kids out. I was not doing anything but watching this movie and I was still just like uh, uh, it okay. was not for me. Shane wanted Fist of the North Star. Do you think that yeah. would have been for you? <laughs> Fist yeah. of the North is that anime? Yes. Hey, I, 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 I would say I'm an anime fan, but I'm super picky. There's a bunch of it that I think is garbage, but like there's certain ones like Fist of the North Star, Dragon Ball Z, shit like that. You know, like there's good ones. Like, <sighs> I Ball put this one in okay is good. I don't know what you're talking about. It's it wasn't like, terrible. I mean, like I didn't want to kill myself or anything, but I was also like not my cup of tea. Do you want an anime that's more about people doing people stuff and not less fantastic elements? Like you like science fiction, so I figured you would like fantastic elements. And I, I normally am totally fine with with fantastic elements, and that didn't like put me off or anything. I just didn't think it was good. You think it was badass when he had like ghost worms and he was like going super saiyan because he's trying to keep them from killing each other and he's bleeding everywhere you didn't get like hyped if i had oh, watched yeah. it as a teenage girl i probably would have been like i'm a teenage girl now oh, an adult. this is the best thing ever but as an adult i was just like see that's okay that's, that's what i think part of the appeal of anime was back in the day because there wasn't other adult cartoons and shit right that are like cgi is now barbera or anime you know so it was like which way are you gonna go so nowadays they have like rick and morty's and you know other adult fucking things you know yeah Uh, i just i just it was it was just okay for me it was not like life altering and it was definitely not aliens and you know Ripley yeah, no, it's deeper than, yeah. than aliens. Aliens, it was not deeper great. for me. I'm sorry, it was very. It was I not think deep. you could watch it on mushrooms or something because you needed like you were like get in there and think about. I I don't know if I want to like because we're at the end of the show have a 20 minute discussion of why it's the best movie ever made, but we I won't. I'll I'll refrain. But if anybody wants to watch it and feels like they need mushrooms, Prentice Mononoke. I've never watched it on any sort of illicit substances. I liked it from the beginning. It's not quite Moana, though. Like, saying, like, nature, good, humans, bad is not the central thesis of the story. I just meant that there was, like, the guy of the forest, and in Moana there was, like, Mother Earth, and she, like, got up and, like, was traipsing around and shit. But I liked Moana. I just didn't, didn't like this. Well, Grave of the Fireflies spoiler alert everybody is about the death of children so you dodge that bullet oh um, i could not have watched that it would have given me nightmares i'm a mom <laughs> all the way through yeah so you would have been none of that there was like this one like kidnapper kills kids movie and i watched it and i had nightmares for years i don't i don't play with that kind yeah of i mean shit. it was historical context <sighs> based on a novel but you still get to watch them die so ruins your day yeah i'm glad i didn't have to watch that do you want to pick her her next two like competing movies but not anime we'll do that another time god anything but anime do you want to hear the list that i have or do you want to just go off the cuff no i wish just make shane do it because then he can like torture you especially man you should have hit me up before because like that's oh god man now he's on the spot oh no (laughs) like what are your two favorite movies that are you know ever maybe 
Highlander uh, the- in game would definitely be up there as one of my favorite ones forever. And because uh, that like ended both different fucking con- uh, McLeods and all that, you know, that mm-hmm. like did it. And then, uh, man, I don't know. The notebook? No. <laughs> Every woman has seen the notebook 37 times. So. Uh, notebook's yeah. all right, but it's like, I don't know what, why he's so obsessed with fucking writing letters. Nicholas Sparks. He's like, everyone should write a letter to each other constantly. That's so romantic. Every one of his like books is like that. Like, Have you seen like the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon and shit like that too or no? Did you watch Everything Everywhere all at once? Speaking of Crouch Tell Your Hidden Dragon. I, I haven't. I like my it's family good. has watched it and I chose not to participate. Because <laughs> they're the like dubbed it and, or they're like, That's you a have love to. Story. That's a fucking lot. It's the notebook for men. Mm-hmm. Crouchy. Okay, say it so again. So you don't like reading subtitles? Let's clear this up. All right. What about Die Hard? Since it's a Christmas movie. Oh my God. Please don't make me watch Die Hard again. What do you mean? It's a good movie. My ex you- made us watch that every Christmas. And oh, he thinks it's got- the best, you- funniest, greatest movie. It is movie. pretty funny. And what I'm about, like, like, this is not like- a Christmas movie. And he's like, got, it, is. it is. I got two movies. All right, go. Conan the Barbarian versus Red Sonia. Go. Conan. You see Arnold Schwarzenegger played the same character under two different names. There's a really big boa constrictor in Conan. That's the only thing I... Okay, what was the second one? Red Sonia. And it's got uh, Bridget Nelson in it. She's got long red hair. She looks hot. I've never even heard that. So we'll right, do a mashup. That's it. Terminator 2, Conan, and um, Red Sonia. And it'll you be like an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Don't you think you should watch the first Terminator? Because the first Terminator is good. I, I was told if it gets picked, I have to watch the first one first and then the second one because it won't make sense. But that the second one was better. So you have You've to never watch watched any of them? Yeah, but the first one has like a hot sex scene. I feel like when they sexy, came out, sexy face from um, we aliens. weren't allowed, the, the younger kids weren't allowed to watch them, but the older kids were. So like I snuck in and watched, you know, from the door crack. If you put Terminator 2 versus those other two Arnold movies, you're go- they're going to lose because people just know that one more. So you have to do the two rare ones first, okay. I think. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. that would be more interesting, like what which one people resonated with as like a little kid or whatever. How about, or something. how about this, guys? We'll put those two together and then I will watch Terminator 1 and 2. All right. Yeah, because they're kind of like, there's one's more sci-fi, one's more fantasy. They're like different themes going mm-hmm. on. Okay. It'll be Arnold Schwarzenegger this next week. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a really cool line that he says in, in uh, Conan where it's like, hear the lamentations of the women. And in- Yes, in- it's actually like an internet meme by itself. Yes. Like, it's, it's that famous. So like knowing that it was helpful. Well, yeah, I watched like- the cartoon growing up, but I don't think I've seen the movie. The movie's it's Movie. got like a funny like we need to be bred by this barbarian scene, which is permanently burned into my mind. <laughs> I've looked forward to that. Hopefully they pick that one then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. Uh, wow, I think Jessica needs to be excused. <laughs> I traveled 500 miles to give you my seed. That's whatever, you know. That's, uh, you're all about that, apparently. Have you watched? Uh, hey, Chris. Uh, next time you get in from a deployment, you need to use that line. Mm-hmm. He's like a lumberjack. 
I was, I was thinking of Step Brothers at the end when you were getting all like, I was like, I wonder if she got that way over the lumber. Yeah, that was from Step Brothers. <laughs> I just referenced that. Yeah, you should probably watch. Have you watched Step Brothers, Shanna? The what? Hmm. Oh my God, my kids are like grew up on that movie. They like it literally it. cut out to say it again. Oh, Step Brothers. Oh no, I've never heard of that. What if we did like Step Brothers versus Tropic Thunder as like a yeah, like comedy. comedy? Yeah. Battle. I don't know. There's many choices here, but right now it should be the two that Shane picked. So Step Brothers versus Conan. You got to say Conan the Barbarian because there's a couple in that series. Conan. Yeah, the don't Barbarian. do the, the the Conan or whatever the fuck it was that came out recently. That one was. Yeah, yeah, no, not good. Conan the, uh, the Conan the Barbarian. That's the first one. Versus Red Sonia, which is a one-off movie. So Red Sonia is a, a one and done. Okay, and then what was the pair up with Step Brother? Uh, Tropic Thunder. But uh, yeah, I don't know if you have to do that. You could ask people. But I think those are the, the <coughs> funnier movies from that time. I don't know. I like Tropic Thunder a lot. It probably wouldn't fly nowadays because of like political correctness reasons. Yeah. All right. I will post on Monday, guys, with a poll in my stories. And you guys can come and vote for which of Shane's movies I will be watching. I, I did not get it out on Monday this last week, but it should be going out on Monday as Movie Madness Monday. So mm -hmm. you can come on to my page. Uh, Jessica also shares it to the whole Backrack stories. So yes, I try. It'll be around. So like, let's do a final recap. When he announces the winner of the snakes and fat man contest is the is there is there like a live or some sort of are the judges doing something shane for the live let's tell people what's happening because no, uh, it comes out on christmas day so it, it'll be like a recorded episode christmas part might be live i'm not sure about that I don't know okay i'm pretty it's all pre-recorded like the judges are going to drop videos to him and then he'll announce the popular vote but i think it's all pre-recorded and going to get plugged in and then uploaded at a certain time yeah okay so everybody vote the next two days i think it's going up like noon eastern time on christmas so right when you're like scraping the piles of shit when you're your putting bags full of christmas wrapping paper all crunched up and trying to put it in your recycling bin right, and like just... hopping it up and down that's when it'll be released okay and then shane you're just doing march tenley are you gonna like be on the herp show network all the time or are you just once a year at the, your location, what's your plan? March Tinley. March Tinley is my main goal, and then uh, supplement that with uh, some Nashville Show Me Reptile shows uh, once or twice a year too. So I'm just, I just want to be in like two or three times a year and and uh, do that. I, I, I'm definitely not going to be the once a month person and and all mm -hmm. that. Well, yeah, right. I mean, that's a... you, most of your stuff goes up on the morph market because it's high end. Yeah, I mean, I, I have good sales through morph marketing shit, and vending is just uh, just another way to socialize and get my name out there and make some money and stuff too. But yeah, yeah. did you ever decide if you were going to put those like kind of too cheap to list leopard geckos on morph market? I I, I was thinking about that when uh, we we're in here. I was looking. I'm looking at the rack on the other side of the camera. I'm like, what am I doing with those again? <laughs> All right, everybody needs to drive to Tennessee and buy a leopard gecko because some things aren't worth shipping, but you could drive and make it fun. Because if, it's you, buy, if you buy like three or four of them, right then it's definitely worth it. Yeah, yeah. All right, um, then Dana okay. has a show. 
just a second. There's some comments happening. Can I cut over to that? Or do you want yeah, to Yeah, which one? So Powerhouse says we should throw Beastmaster against uh, Kanan and Red Sonia. I forgot about Beastmaster. That is classic. Mark Singer. Fucking so how do you feel about that? I'm is, not in charge. Is, I just didn't know if you want to do like a three-way battle or just oh, keep I it two-way ba- <laughs> two battles and then Probably just like have the two, but it could be three. I don't care. It, it's up to um, Shane. I, I'm totally cool with the Beastmaster being in there. It's up to you if you want to do a three-way Is that battle. the same, have the same actor in it? No, it's a different actor, but it's the same genre of... Uh... Then I'm not doing it because it's just for him. It's for the governor of California. Um, <laughs> Lindsay also said... Um, how are they supposed to be able to know who's winning if it's pre-recorded? So the judges vote, is it due Friday or yeah. Saturday? Is it due, whatever, it's due before the end of the contest. So they don't know who's winning the popular vote when they put in their vote. Is that correct? <clears throat> that is correct. I won't know who won until the episode airs. So. No one will know until it Whoa. airs. And then the voting cuts off at midnight Eastern time, Christmas Eve or 11:59, and then i believe that um chris will pop it in and record before he uploads it announcing the winner and who won the popular vote so it will be after everything closes so it's not pre-recorded like he hasn't done it already it will be recorded after it's closed and so then it, but it, the thing that he's releasing won't be live it will be pre-recorded if that makes sense that doesn't mean that it'll happen the day before but he's going to you know plug in all the clips of the judges and the whatever he is saying so you you'll see it it's not it's it's well done just just wait to see we'll see who wins go vote for Jana <laughs> I don't know guys I'm getting worried <laughs> uh, I might throw I up know. before it comes out we'll see are you that nervous <sighs> Yeah, I'm really nervous. I mean, Leviathan, don't vote for them. Um, they killed it. I mean, they just have cinematic reels. I mean, the quality and the professionalism that goes into their reels. Like, I can't compete mm-hmm. with that because I don't even know what I'm doing for regular reels. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's some. It's some hard good that it's like a, a smart two-man team. You know I, mean, I mean, it's yeah, they're unbeatable two-man like team, they're, but they're they don't need team. it. They don't need it. They've got <laughs> 20,000 fans, like, and they have a good YouTube following. Like, what are you doing in this contest? Get the hell out of here, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, there's some really good competition this year. It's not a – I feel like in the two years prior, it's been winner by a landslide, and everyone knew who was going to win before it was announced. And the top five of us have no idea who's going to win, literally no clue so it could really be any any of the top five shane who do you think is going to win i actually don't answer that but yeah, i can't answer that. i don't think he i was gonna say i don't think he can tell i know he can't i was putting him on spot being i'm not gonna... uh Julie, Julie, what happens yeah what happens so if you, you win get a, you get an all expense paid trip to jamaica <gasps> you get, uh... <laughs> and a free couch um so you get to do the very first two hour snakes in the fat man episode you get to pick your 15 minutes of fame a 15 minutes of lame contestant that's going to be on your show it can be anybody you want um and then i think because that's what he did this year i think that at the end of the year you'll get to be on the judge panel for, but he hasn't said that anywhere, so don't quote me. Um, but I think you get to be a judge in future competitions 
Um, so you're just kind of always associated with it. It's a lot of good um, advertising for your business. It's a lot of good exposure. Um, it's just a positive thing that you can't really quantify um, unless you're participating in it or you're watching the contest closely. So like my social media went from like a reach of like 2000 to a reach of like 15,000 in the last month. And so, you know, like the exposure that you're getting, even if you don't win, is just phenomenal and really good for your business. So it's not super quantifiable, but it, it's, it's good. It, it's positive. Mm -hmm. I, I need to toot my own horn for a second. <clears throat> I've never said this publicly, but <clears throat> I'm the one that started the, uh, you get to pick your own 15 minutes of lame guest for your episode. Whoa. Hashtag news. hot take. You get to sometimes make up your own rules. <laughs> I, I won the first year. There wasn't rules yet. And so I was like, Hey, I want to pick my 15 minutes lame. And he's like, well, that wasn't the deal, but <clears throat> since you did such a good job, yeah, I'll let you go ahead. You know, whatever. So, and then it's been a tradition since. So, yeah. Wow, he learned something new. All right, I think we're done. Are we done? We're totally. We done. feel done. Thank you, Shane, for coming on and sharing us all your dirty numbers. Yeah, I loved them all. Dirty, we'll have to do like a post Henley show because I think this October was still sort of like the market was getting worse, but it wasn't like terrible yet and i feel like people started to feel it but we'll march should be interesting because it could be better because the tax season money is in people could already have their tax money and that could be fine it yeah. might be fine so it just will be interesting what happens post tenley we forgot some numbers though uh you didn't ask me what the door numbers were oh motherfucker all right hit it hit me hit me all right so i don't know the final take but about like one or two o'clock on sunday i was told that we had 3,000 in the door on Saturday, and at that point, mid-afternoon, it was 1,000 on Sunday, so 4,000 or more. That's pretty dang good, especially for how many shows you guys have out there. Yeah. That's like a really good showing, I feel like, for a Southern show. I guess it's sort of like in the middle. Like I, I, like Reptile Nation, didn't they do like 12,000 or something? It's a big show, though. Yeah, I'm not sure about yeah i don't i don't know it's hard to decide like if you should vend if you're only going to make you know a, t a tiny bit above your expenses which i guess we've already talked about but but that's better than 300 people which is what was my show my her show me show Ooh, 300 people <laughs> see that one they're actually doing three slots of that mickey's doing three and i'm like do we need three a year of that particular show? One a year. <laughs> yeah, tops. Right. For whatever reason, it's just not doing good. So, and maybe it was better in the past, but yikes. All right, Janet's going to watch a young, virile um, Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Shane, where can we find you if we need some lever geckos? Uh, Instagram, Morph Market are the best two places to get a hold of me. All and right. if his leopard geckos aren't listed, just DM him and he'll hook you up. I plan mm -hmm. on listing them tomorrow. I just listed okay. snakes yesterday. I got videos to film today. Tomorrow's going to be the leopard geckos. Right. So while you're getting your cookies on Christmas Day when you're kids, you can go browse Morph Market and go check out all the snakes that Shane and leopard geckos that Shane's been sitting on for the show because now whatever came back is yes. ready to go.
that was my thought. Somebody might get Christmas money and want to and want to blow it on an animal, and I'll be there for them. You'll be yes. there ready to receive them Christmas monies. <laughs> also, right. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy Hanukkah. Right. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever Stay you celebrate. The weather. Oh, yes. Lord, the weather. Stay safe. Don't break a hip. That's no bueno. Um, mm-hmm. Stay All warm. Right. Stay safe. And have a great time, guys. Bye. 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 See you next week. It takes forever to click the button.